And now, the left and the right come together to bring you the musical stylings of the gooch. Featuring Evan Burrow. Hey, everybody. Episode 9. Here's the gooch. <laughs> I loved that. We, uh, we, didn't, uh, we didn't really uh, tell you what we were going to do last week. Uh, but uh, it's been a bit of a surprise to the uh, to the entire nation, actually. Uh, the federal government actually released a fucking budget for yep. the first time in two years. Hooray! <laughs> and uh, uh, I personally have spent a considerable amount of time going through this. Yep. And uh, I, I just want to kind of discuss, um, you know, a few of the pitfalls. Yep. You know, a few things I noticed that bother me considerably. Fair enough. Um, and then, you know, maybe some of the good parts of this. You yeah. Know, like, there's definitely a silver lining here. Yeah. I think I think it's kind of a... <laughs> but the, there's not a lot of it. <laughs> and just to be clear, you, you're the one here who, who read all, like, 700... Yeah, and, this is, is the first time, I think, in in our podcast history where Check you've come out, better boys. prepared than I have. I, I have uh, notes, but you have graphs. I literally have charts. <laughs> I, I, I literally... Okay, here's the thing. This, this budget Start a slideshow. is about nine, nine or ten chapters. Ten, ten, ten chapters. Yeah. And uh, each chapter spends paragraphs upon paragraphs upon paragraphs, break, breaking down each point. But at the end of each chapter, they have a chart where yeah, they summary. actually just kind of show where all this money is going, right? So you can easily, you know, just do quick word searches to see what's going into what, right? So, yep. uh, and there's a few interesting things I just wanted to point out about that. But uh, I just kind of wanted you to have, you know, we'll set up the middle ground here. You know, this is this is a gooch. We're not we're not going to argue. We're not. Well, we're we're going to argue, obviously, but we're, we're going to try <laughs> to find know. that middle ground here. Well, I think the the the. At the outset, like, obviously, as much as I'm on the left, I'm not a fan of the liberal government. Yeah. So, like, I, I think that's one of the parts that makes it pretty pretty easy for us to want to find a common ground is neither of us are really supporters of the government in charge. Uh, I remembered, by the way, the name of the twat that we were trying, trying to remember from last podcast, Andrew Shear. Okay. So, oh. so freaking basic that we couldn't remember the name of the former head <laughs> yeah. of the conservative party yeah, like man, what a uh, fucking something. useless human and and even the new one yeah i remember that but mostly because it's just almost funny that they went from like sheer ignorance to a giant o'tool yeah so <laughs> like, you know I, it's, wow. <laughs> Wow, if, you, uh, if, you, if you sit in a box all day and uh, play with words, you know, you can make anything sound funny. Yeah, that's uh, what I do. Including this budget. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like, here, here's where I'm at. Like, we've, we've gone right. two years without a budget. Yeah. They finally come out with one. And um, this is just, this is, this is going to be, you know, more my opinion than, uh, you know, maybe sure. you'd like it to be. Uh, but, you know, I'm not really, here's where I'm at. Uh, I want to kind of start it with this. Um, the 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 deputy prime minister, the lady that wrote this, yeah, uh, the minister of finance, yeah, Freeland, uh, yeah, she uh, she's gone on uh, Bloomberg, and you can actually uh, look this up. Uh, anybody that wants to kind of look this up, uh, just look up uh, preloaded stimulus in Canadian savings. Just look that up. Uh, watch that video. Oh, yeah. um, it 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 it, uh, it kind of scares you because she's basically talking to this reporter and she goes on about how we could pre-stimulate the economy by accessing people's savings that have been able to save through this pandemic uh, and taking that money. And she was asking for kind of advice on how to do that. Now I first, when I first went through the budget, I was looking for anything that really tied to that. Did you wait, but like, I, 
I haven't, I haven't seen this video. Did she mean that literally or figuratively? Like, sounded like, pretty fucking literal to me. Because, like, there's there's two ways to uh, interpret that. I think. I think the one way is like they want remote access to your bank account, and then they're going to siphon the money out. And then yeah. this, that, and that, and that's that's like, how it sounded. That sounds fucking horrific. The yeah. other way is kind of like to say say it in that way, but to mean there's people who have money to spend. We need to incentivize them to spend it. And yeah, that, so know, I guess uh, there's like two different ways of thinking. Of it. So if she meant the second one, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I want the people who know, have money to spend it. Maybe she did. Maybe she did. But, yeah. uh, but I saw the video though. It did. It did. Come the tonality the was it really did come across the other way. Yeah. The tonality was yeah. really Robin Hoody. You know? oh, okay. Interesting. It was like, oh, we're going steal to steal exactly right. Interesting. Yeah. And um, the funny thing is about this budget. You know, the liberals have been banging the drum of we really need to you know start taxing the ultra wealthy. You know, we got to start taxing the one percent. They're and already at thirty three no percent or something. Was the biggest pain in the ass I saw in this thing. This is, is exactly it. Right? I mean, they now, put luxury taxes in. They put taxes on planes and luxury vehicles luxury and boats, boats. over two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Planes yeah. over a hundred thousand. I mean, yeah. boat boat all boats are luxury if they're not for work. Like fu- fuck yourself. I gotta, to be honest, unless unless it doesn't have a motor. But like at, at the end of the day, anything with a fucking motor, I, to me, it, you could knock to zero off that at twenty five thousand, and then then we're making sense. Well, here's the those thing, people though. still have I money mean, to spend. But the, like the, the, a whole bunch of economists, um, I'm just going to scroll to where I put them. Uh, just want to give them a little shout out quote, uh, just because why not? Hmm. Um. Oh, and I guess the other quote unquote wealth tax is the tax on big tech companies that they put in. But I don't know that that's really all that it's impactful. Not, all that's going to happen, that's going to get passed on to the consumer. Yeah, it instantly. typically does. Because right? uh, all Amazon's going to do is, oh, you're going to tax us more? Okay, well, you, they have such a chokehold because we're living in an oligarchy. Yeah. And this budget just fucking highlights that, uh, in my opinion. Because, you know, I, I didn't really want to start with this, but sure, uh, there's no <laughs> mandated requirements to ensure. Uh, those getting the funding, meeting the government's zero emissions goals. Here's the other thing. Nothing to do with punishing people on becoming more green. There's a lot of carrots. Yeah. There's no sticks. No. They're, they're shelling out millions and millions of dollars. I think $319 million over the next seven years is what I wrote here um, for problematic carbon capture and storage. But there is literally no uh, taxation or penalties or anything set so essentially, we're just printing money for these companies, um, and we're we're not really holding them responsible. And the other thing, um, the wealth tax, yeah, the lack um, of wealth tax is a big a big kick in the teeth. Because like I know your libertarian backing, it was always like like less taxes and all that. But as we flesh through it in our tax episode, like we know that that's an inescapable system. Here's the thing: so we need to tax the wealthy in and order a to get station. to the system that I think the anarcho capitalist <clears throat> system that I want to set up. You'd have to set up a, a standardized tax yeah. of ten percent across the board, because then these big companies that aren't paying taxes right now, when they get a ten percent bill, that's not a lot, but it's a lot more than they're contributing now. And you could but probably it's not enough to make up for the other thirty percent you're getting from everyone else. Well, ten, true, ten percent is incredibly I think ten percent across the board for everybody, everything. You know, anything you buy, anything you sell is 10%. To See, the I like that. That won't fund anything. Uh, I, I, you know, I'd be, if you started taxing these ultra wealthy 
you they, could get a lot of uh, a lot of money from that. Yeah, but then, but I don't. I genuinely don't know. Like the, all of that comes with so many caveats of like they're not going to have all of the powerful lawyers to get make that ten percent brought down to seven percent and then hide ninety percent of their money in the fucking Balkans. So at the end of the day, I just don't see any flat system like that working. I think you have to go progressive. I think a flat tax only- system would really work personally, just because it's simple. You say, "Give us your books. You want to mm-hmm. operate in your in our country? How much did your company um, produce? Yeah, like an annual? How much? Audit. Should, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then what, what's your profit? Cool, ten percent of that. Now, yeah, I mean, like if if the government was focused on creating accountants in Canada and then basically saying, "Hey, the biggest government job uh, pool is going to be auditors." And you're going to be auditing the super wealthy. I think there'd be a, it would be an interesting tie into the economy. You know, I think uh, I think I, a lot I, of people I would have interest. In here's that the too, thing: you know? if you use your banking idea, uh, where banks have to provide small businesses with all the services like accountants and everything for free, yeah, that would free up a lot of accountants to then audit these bigger companies. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it, it could all really tie in. This is what I'm saying. But you know, I'm not also trying to create no in-house attorneys. I'm not trying to create a new system here. I'd love to sit down and hash that out with you but today i really oh, want to focus another podcast on yeah. the budget i think you and i could really sit down and hash out a really cool libertarian way of working on society yeah you know and that's that's the cool thing we all did a political <laughs> compass thing uh this week i'm glad you brought that and up. uh we're all libertarian yeah we, we all sat yeah. on that south pole uh you know some of us a little lower than others me being probably the lowest yeah, yeah but um, you being like one of the extreme like you're right I, on that I bottom i still want to yeah. see you do it again today because i <laughs> genuinely don't believe you're in that bottom right the same i, I think you hold that certificate so dear to your I do. heart I because do. you love her and i think that the at, at the end of the day it would upset you to know that you're not as close to Ian as you once were i, I genuinely I think, think you're more in favor of more social like I there was part of me that wanted to go through because I remember I, I have a pretty good memory for conversations and part of me wanted to actually go through and have a few gotchas from our past podcasts and just basically play your voice into my mic. Oh, fair but, enough. But but <laughs> but I genuinely think like you are because you you have a lot of empathy. You're actually more towards social programs than you might have originally been the thing when you is, took that. The thing is, though, like the empathy that I can create and the charity that I could create. It only ties into the fact that I can be a selfish individual. You know, it's up to me how I spend my money. Right now, if I want to do that with charity and equality, then that's how I am. Yeah. But I'm not going to do it through taxation of the government and then let them figure it out. You know, I'm smart enough. I could probably do something if I was ultra wealthy billionaire. You know, I could probably take some of that money and set up a orphanage or set up a you know woman's shelter or do set something up something nice. like that. So, I don't need to to pay another organization to mismanage my money. I don't need the government to tax me forty percent on it. I create more jobs. I create more write off potential. And I you know, that, that, that's of, how I kind of look at it personally. Yeah, I think there's a lot of presumptions in there as well, and I think that it also it there's a the biggest one the biggest one is always from the left especially because i have to think of minorities and females is that there's not an equal starting point so the ability to actually take that time out of your day isn't just is just not going to be on even footing for most that's true there's always going to be a huge head start that's the difference like equality versus equity right like but i think uh, i kind of want to get in on this budget here yeah yeah, for sure okay now the uh the, the big problem i have here is this budget essentially this year uh allows the federal government to spend 354 billion dollars 
B billion, three hundred and fifty-four billion. That's yeah. unfair. Um, they were already going to be at two hundred and fifty-three billion. Well, here's the thing, though. I mean, Actually, we are already in debt to the tune of about a trillion dollars in this country. Yeah. And this budget will essentially bring us to one point eight trillion dollars. Now, a lot of people think that you know debt's an okay thing, but here, here's my thing: Me if included, you're going, so if you're going into more debt, you're not doing the right thing. That's yeah. that. That's just logic. Now, the the issue I have you can go into debt and help out the economy but you also got to look at your gdp as well your debt to gdp ratio uh, historically is one of the things that determines uh, when a debt crisis would occur like in venezuela they were around 40 to 70 percent debt to gdp ratio yep. they had a humongous revolution and not a good place to be well they, um, they that's such a far right example because venezuela got hyper fucked by the united states I was policy say, yeah. and well, who's so, to say we won't either everything's based off the u.s dollar right every there's well, no gold standard but that's anymore. why You'll always know that my argument, or at least you should at this point, know that my argument is going to be socializing certain industries in Canada and then creating the wealth off of that and putting that into our pockets instead, right? Because I'm always going to be a and backer you know of localized hemp industry, and I think you For are sure. as well. For and sure. I think they, I mean, I just don't want reliance on the U.S. I think the biggest piss off I saw in here in the entire budget was that there was nothing to stimulate uh, specific. Uh, growth in areas in which we already p- face a deficit and things in which are we are known as a global powerhouse. Food production, 13 straight years where we've been at a trade deficit globally uh, and we we there's nothing in there to stimulate better food production in Canada and that's a huge issue I have because especially when we're trying to get cleaner food and we're trying to feed more people and these are all like these things that are part yeah. of it and we're trying to create more jobs the food industry is something that or agriculture in general in Canada is something that needs to be tapped into. And we've gone to the way of tech, but Canada's biggest advantage globally is our natural resources. Yes. We have the cleanest water. We have some of the best access to wood. We have some of the best access to to a whole slew of materials and land. Yes. And we don't do anything with it. Uh, I really want to tap into resources in a second here. I just want to hang out around the debt to GDP ratio for half a second longer. Yep. Um, You know, I I run through a whole bunch of articles here as well. And um, there's a guy named Bill Robinson. Uh, He's the CEO of the Howe Howe Institute. Uh, He essentially looked through this budget as well and said, higher taxes are implicit in this budget. The only way we're going to be able to afford, you know, these massive deficits uh, is by increasing likely GST or creating PSD in certain provinces. So Freeland actually addressed that though. So what she said was because people were saying that they're there, uh, that it was implicit in it. Her response to it was actually the plan initially or the plan um, that, that they actually have is to use the profits from the expected growth from the economy. So what they're saying is basically there's supposed to be a 5% growth this year, and that 5% growth is basically going right back but in. But the problem is uh, that growth is all printed money. It's not, it's not production 
tie like that that money's not tied to production is what i'm saying this is all the money we've been flooding into people's bank accounts that they've been saving that once these restrictions lift people will be spending that's the only reason why they're anticipating a five percent growth on things but go to the hardware store now and tell me how much a fucking sheet of mdf for plywood is yeah you oh, know no, what, what, it's like, insane it's gone up 300 percent because we've created all this wealth that didn't exist it's created a demand for products there was little supply to and now there's even less so price goes up this is actually they actually tackled that though right because one of the ways that you can you can decrease the inflation is by having people buying it in more bulk so that the price goes back down again and so part of the stimulus it's about manufacturing it's not about buying in bulk if you buy in bulk it's going to be more scarce and more expensive well yeah so the but the idea well again the ideal is that they're going to be able to get people back into work and then production is going to be able to Who, ramp up who's again. incentivized to go back to work when you, you can make twenty dollars an hour essentially sitting at home it's and the job you have it's two thousand dollars a month man that's that's nothing it's twenty four thousand dollars a year that's that's at most eleven fifty yeah hour. but if you live in a household with two people generally you're making four grand Right. Well, so, that, and that's only you, for the next six of the nine months, and then the last three uh, three months because they're tapering it off is going to be three hundred dollars a week, which brings you down to twelve hundred dollars a month. But still, it doesn't incentivize a workforce to get back to work. That's fourteen thousand dollars a year. There's no place in Canada you can live for fourteen grand a year. It doesn't even matter at twenty eight grand a year with two people. Just the food cost alone is going to be <laughs> north of that, and you're still paying taxes. Oh yeah, and that's that's again. I, there's no, there, I don't think there's a way to stay at home unless you were already wealthy ahead of time. Basically, it might. F- somewhat convince wealthy people to stay home. What bothers me is there's 16-year-old kids that got the curb payments and they banked them. And there's no accountability for where any of that money went. Um, they they estimate yeah. that you know a one percent theft rate. Hey, if they were working, you know, even well, here's the thing: like, what if we were giving this money to criminals? What if we were printing money for people in jail? You know, no one's audited this. You know, like we're, we're like the, 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 the prisoner thing is a whole nother issue I don't want to get into because we're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars a year per prisoner. Yep. You know, sometimes millions, depending on Not where they're prisoner, at. But yeah, so it's like 128 grand a year in federal prison, and it's about 75,000 a year for in provincial prison. Well, yeah, there you per, go. Per inmate. Yeah. yeah and then you that add another in, two grand to that a month. Costs. Well, that, yeah. that doesn't, well, they weren't getting paid yeah. out, but the. Like they, 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 you can't receive an income when you're a prisoner. No, but they, they, they applied for CURB and they got it. The some CERB, of them. The CERB benefit? Yeah. Uh, that might have been as a prison one to pay off other things, but it wouldn't go into anything that they have access to. It just tells me that, you know, we're putting money in places we shouldn't and it's dumb. But anyway. Um. <laughs> but also, one of the things you said is that if you want, like, if, if it, your ideal program would be one where they don't tell you how to spend it. So giving everybody your money back. Really, is that not just what you were? There should be for checks and balances on who gets the money. Is what I'm saying. Oh, 100. percent That part I agree with. Like, there's it should be directed as opposed to. Universal. I'm not arguing that, the fact equity, that right? I'm not like, arguing the fact that giving someone money as opposed to setting programs up is yeah. better. Obviously, I'd rather have the money. Yeah. Because it's my choice at that point. But giving 16 year olds two grand a month. Yeah, I think there should have been. An, I think there should have like, been an age no, cut off or anything. Or there was no audit based. at all, and we we've burned all this money. 
and essentially put it out in the economy into a place where these people didn't have that income even, like these 16-year-olds, right? Well, some of those people... If they were well, working, they did. Yeah, that's the only way that they qualified, is if they were working ahead of time. And then the auto imagine they like, didn't, they Some didn't of those 16-year-olds are people you sold cars to, and they got to make those payments. Otherwise, they're going to be returning those things, and then the banks are going to be paying it. Then they're going to have losses that they're going to have to uh, make up for with an increase in the interest rate. So it's all it's all going to come Speaking around. Speaking of increase in interest rate, oh, not until um, the third quarter of twenty two is the earliest date from uh, Bank of Canada. Well, that's but what they the, say. The budget presumes and it that it's always, not going to be until twenty twenty three. It doesn't always have Canada, to tie into our banking system either. Well, if no. America starts raising their rates. Or China starts raising their rates. I don't think America's a glo- in a place where they can well, right now. Well, that's the thing, though. Uh, if rates even raise a percentage point, our debt to GDP would skyrocket yep. from 51% at the peak up to almost 60 <laughs> and uh, it's it's a terrifying graph because in that zone, well, it depends on how much it grows at what mm-hmm. point, and then how long it stays there if it stabilizes. Because one of the things that Freeland kept saying is that this is a uh, uh, heavy investment that's meant to taper off it's supposed to stimulate the economy right like it wasn't it's being proposed as a as an, a, an injection it's not a very direct one i would say i agree with probably the about only a third community of the that is that. benefiting from this budget is the indigenous community my friend no no 100 52 percent of the population of, of canada 54 percent in alberta are parents mm. they are a huge oh, benefactor he, of it and then the only the opposition of o'toole I, couldn't okay, even hold, speak, hold, hold, speak hold down on, against hold on. it you know i'm not i'm not saying that this this budget isn't helping parents right. i'm saying that Fiscally, the amount of money going towards each sector. Yeah, the indigenous community is literally robbing the bank on this budget. Well, they get they get access to water. The whole no. thing is that it was. <laughs> Let me read these out here. Uh, right. the, the COVID plan for the next five years, the budget accounts for nine point six, nine point seven billion. I'm rounding up a bit here. Um, now. Obviously, we go into the projecting jobs. This is where the bulk of the budget is. This is what you're talking about. Uh, they, they're accounting for $32.4 billion for that. So that's a huge part of the budget. But if we keep going on here, uh, new opportunities for Canadians, that's chapter three. Uh, they go on about um, valuing Canadian workers through simplifying uh, you know, wage earner protection, uh, through helping employers train, uh, you know, teaching kids to code, uh, opportunities for Canadian youth. This is chapter three, right? Yeah. They're well, they've, did, for, they've got $30 billion for the COVID supports, wage subsidies, rent subsidies, mortgage subsidies. They, they, that's the, what I'm saying. Yeah, but just just hang on here. Uh, you know, the, the, that this is essentially going to cost the uh, Canadian taxpayer, because we're going into deficit, uh, $37.1 billion. Now, we continue on here. Um, chapter four... This is going on about uh, leveraging opportunities, um, conducting clinical trials, a lot of global things. Um, I'm just, I'm just being very. So, so one of the reasons that we've been criticized so much, glo- like internationally during the the pandemic, especially in the last yeah. couple months, is because of how slow we've rolled out our vaccines, and that's because we don't have a lot of investment in pharma- pharmacology. There isn't a, a huge injection of investment in there, but the fact that some of that money is going towards scientific research in Canada is a good thing. We need more of that. Yeah, but, like, but we here's don't, the thing: we don't have access. We to need that more of that. Then um, here's uh, uh, just let me let me continue on here. I know. This this is a little dry, but it's it's quite uh, it's quite eye opening because 
essentially going through this budget, um, they, they've set aside quite a bit of money for the COVID help, but uh, it only really totaled to $32 billion, whereas w when we go to Chapter 7, a more equal Canada, uh, this is uh, supporting black Canadian communities, uh, supporting veterans, that number right there, the amount of money we're giving our veterans over the next five years, $155 million. Yeah, That's it. Now remember that number. Because if I go down to chapter eight, the amount of money we're setting aside for the health and vibrant communities, building infrastructure and economic growth, this is indigenous infrastructure, um, you know, uh, walking the path of reconciliation and self-determination, this all adds up to about $15 billion over the next five years yeah. in chapter eight. Now, here's the thing. I went through this entire budget looking for keywords. The word military, let me give it just let me give you a second. <laughs> okay. The word military was only mentioned about twenty times throughout the entire budget. Yeah. Uh one time to describe incorrectly, in my opinion, gun control on military style weapons. Uh several times in the sexual misconduct piece, where they're gonna literally go into the military and help people that have been sexually assaulted. That's fine. That's great. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'd like to support those people. But the only other five times it was mentioned was to increase the military budget generally under the NATO uh, agreements. And all that was really written was very vague. We only have to add another six aircraft and one frigate to the NATO um, agreement. And essentially, they set aside 500 and something uh, million for that. Yep. You look at how much a proper aircraft that can maintain combat nowadays, you're looking at class five aircraft like the F-35 or the Russian SU-57. Those cost about 60 million Canadian a piece. Yeah. So we didn't set enough money aside to modernize our military. We didn't set enough money aside to even maintain the military equipment we have. Uh, if you look at... We're not, uh, a, we're not a heavily militarized country, though. But here's the thing. When you we're, have to consider these things, when Biden is talking to Russia the way he is, and also the fact that we have most of the world's clean water, and I don't want to be Chinese, I don't want to be, you know, Russian, and I don't want to be an American you know, if this stuff becomes more scarce, which it will. You These know, are scarce resources. You know, and, you, you know, know how those countries would invade <clears throat> us would be coming through the north where China's already trying to create a passage. So it almost behoove us to create infrastructure in the northern communities to make sure that when the time comes, our military can actually access it. And we don't have to airdrop them with these poorly maintained military vehicles. No, we, we wouldn't like, stand a chance. We wouldn't stand a chance against anyone at any time anyways, unless the United States was on our side. That's how we're already positioned. And Investing that's how it further into be. that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, well, no, it, we, I, mean, it, I mean... We've literally only set aside $6 million for our modernizing our military and Coast Guard. They combined them. I thought it was 600 million. Uh, well, that was for the NATO agreements. If you go to, um, I'm just looking through here. Here we are. So uh, better equipping our military and Coast Guard. Chapter 9, Section 3. Uh, they've set aside 35 million over the next five years. 6 million, uh, not even this year, next year. 35 million won't even buy a new aircraft. Well, yeah, but right now... So one of, one of the things, the one of the things that, that I constantly hear from the right 
is why are we spending money on other countries? Well, that that's what military spending is. It's not. We've talked about this before. It's not an investment. You like you wanted you wanted something to stimulate the economy. Military is the opposite. Well, so you, so think- you want both protection. And you want to stimulate the economy, but you can't have it both ways. So, well, so here's my argument. I don't think the $15 billion we're giving to our indigenous community is going to have a great ROI either. Uh, well, it really <laughs> depends. It really depends on what you're looking for an ROI, because right now there's a lot of social programs that are set up to establish like, uh, that are set up established in these communities. And they have they have to be because of the massively high suicide rate we have in indigenous communities, which is just absolutely appalling. We also have a very low participation rate. We have an incredibly high birth rate. So we have a low education rate. But a lot of that is access to resources. And basically, we have like a third world pocket within our country. And have you ever it's an seen the homeless in Vancouver? It's yeah, the same thing. No, uh, it's th- these, these are different. These are... You know, the, sus- ho- the homeless in Vancouver is always a red herring whenever brought up by anybody who doesn't understand how the homeless got there. So in the early 2000s, the mayor of uh, of Regina. Fucking I'm listening. Gave- I'm listening. I'm just okay. reading. Too. Yeah, 100 so, okay. percent. So the, the mayor of Regina fucking gave a bus ticket to all of their homeless people because they don't have passports yeah, they, and gave them to Vancouver. Alberta. The mayor, the same the mayors of Edmonton and Calgary. They, yeah, yeah it's, it is. That's because they send them to fucking California. That's what they do. It's a hundred percent what they do. So they, they, the, the low efficient state sends them to, to socialized states, which I mean, I guess is a fucking social answer to it. But yeah, these homeless that people were displaced. Serious. A uh, 100% serious. You can look it Fuck. up. Yeah. So the, the, the homeless in Vancouver is the homeless from other provinces that was displaced on them because those provinces were too cheap to set up social programs. Okay. Well, just, just hang on here. If, we, if we're going to touch on social programs, uh, I mean, like I said, remember geez. that number. Supporting our veterans. Only $155 yeah. Yep. Now, the word veteran. I wouldn't say that we're going to get any more return on investment. Like, I think that the return on investment in veterans, and I and I would agree, we well, should, that, we do need more. I'm just saying, like, there, there's the two thing. conversations These we're having. Do you want a return on investment or do you want a protection? These people have been productive members of society. They've protected our country and rights and freedoms and everything else. They've seen shit they probably never shouldn't have. The only reason you can say our country is because of the other people that we're now try- trying to talk past right now, right? <laughs> The people that have been left without drinking water for over a century now. So what we need to do is make sure that those people are taken care of because they don't get to say our country as Canada. And while I understand that veterans have managed to stand up for the the rights of white people, and a they, lot of they, veterans those, are indigenous as well, a lot of them are, but the, they're not. The, and and they could be getting, they could need those supports, but they'll be at least able to access those supports through their indigenous communities, mm-hmm. ideally, right? So, but but regardless, I think that at the end of the day. We can agree that both of those groups need money. I can I can say that, yeah, should it have been distributed potentially differently? Maybe. That's right? what I, I'm I, arguing. <laughs> yeah, I, but also, there's going to be way more money needed. Like, if we're going on equity, which is the first argument you made, was we shouldn't be giving money to 16-year-olds because they don't need it. So if we're going on needs-based, the amount of money needed to, to pay for infrastructure, you already mentioned how expensive uh, the wood has gotten. So if we're yeah. paying for infrastructure and we're paying labor costs, and uh, it's going to be expensive to, to set all of this up. Typically, when you're talking about support from, for our veterans, what you're talking about is social supports. So you're actually talking about like 
paying for psychiatric care or for pharmaceutical care or things of that nature. So those are different food programs, rent programs, retraining, anything like that. Right. But those those are not infrastructure based. There's a way lower cost. Now, could there be a, a, a better blend made potentially? But I think there's more people in like there's more indigenous people that are impacted than there are veterans. I could be wrong on that, but that's my I would instinctively believe that there are more indigenous people than there are veterans. But I don't know. I could be wrong. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I genuinely don't know. I don't know that answer. But that's my, my instincts think that huh. uh, I'm going to go with that. But I'll, I'll acknowledge I, that I could yeah. very well be wrong. But but even if there weren't just the cost of infrastructure from an equity base, which is your first argument, I would agree that they would need more money to do it. Yeah. How much more? I don't know. I really don't know. So I, I think I'm, I agree with you that it looks really bad on paper. It does. It could make more <laughs> sense if we saw that the amount of veterans was like one quarter of 1% of the amount of First Nations people that were going to be directly impacted. Well, well then that I would actually make sense. I also think that a lot of these payouts uh, that we give to these communities go to people that don't necessarily need the money. Now, I, I get it. He, he, this is this is why I struggle with this so much. Um, my, my, my family essentially moved here after the Second World War. Um, yeah. They were not a part of the residential schooling. Nope. They were not a part of the treaties set up. They were not a part of really anything to do with how the natives were treated in the past. Yet every member of my family has had to pay taxes, and we've done that. We've been, you know, efficient, productive members of society, um, you know, and a lot of that tax dollar goes towards this reconciliation that my heritage had nothing to do with. You benefited Canada, directly off of it. If Canada is truly the place where immigrants can come and have a successful life, why do we keep cutting our immigrants at the knees so you, we can support communities that they, ROI are, doesn't make sense? Two things. One, you're not an immigrant. And two, your family benefited directly off the displacement of First Nations people. The only reason Irish people and, and Welsh people were able to get jobs in farming is because agriculture was taken over by white people while First Nations were displaced. Yeah, but my parents displaced. didn't come here for It doesn't farmers, matter, you know? but they, they, they had access to it, and the First Nations people didn't. You you didn't you benefited off of the the trade there. Okay, let me ask you this: If, if you didn't, have uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, <laughs> hold on. Let me throw this in your face because I, I this is really this is anyway. Essentially, what you're saying is if another foreign military came to Canada to take it over, you'd want uh, we'd be the indigenous Canadians essentially. You know, if they took over, he, he, here's the thing. We don't support a military budget, so essentially we are a humongous soft target. That's what this budget tells me. And we're giving money to a community that you know doesn't really want to play ball with the rest of the community because we you know certain rights and advantages to, they... were taken from them and everything. I'm I'm oversimplifying here. I'm not trying yeah. to be rude or racist. Uh, but essentially, if we got invaded by China tomorrow because our military sucks, um, do you think that they let us? You know, just romp around and ask for fifteen billion dollars. They didn't ask for it. It was it was given back to them out of out of honestly. A but feeling if of any guilt. any like, if any military action was taken to our country, and we were essentially annexed or taken over but or you, anything else, didn't do you, you think a foreign adversary would be this polite to the people they're taking over? Well, I guess I got to ask you. Does that mean that you're admitting that even though you said you don't want to become China, you want to act exactly like China? Like, is that your end goal? 
Because I, think, I thought at the end of the day, you wanted to be better than Jesus. them. What you're saying right now is basically, I want to be exactly like them. I just don't want to be them. I think the big thing you need to understand is they spent, uh, just let's look at Russia alone. They're manufacturing 76 new Su-57 uh, fighter jets. Cool. That's in their budget. Now, that is a military plane that can outperform the F-35 that the Americans have. Uh, we have F-16s. Literally, our response time would be inefficient. Half the country would be bombed into oblivion before we could even respond, just on speed and efficiency alone. So now, he, he, this is the thing: like, if we're going to have the fresh you water, you can't like, say that the rest of the world wants our fresh water, and so and therefore they will bomb us and destroy all of our resources. They, if they want our resources, they well, have to it, negotiate I, with I'm us, or they have to come bomb. in here and do a fucking straight up I, I'm invasion. I'm not saying they're going to carpet bomb. Yeah, we got NATO. I'm just, like, I'm just saying that we also have allies on our side. The United States would not tolerate that kind of entrance from a mili- from a military adversary. Yeah, but in one yeah, day, the amount of land these guys could take over because we're they couldn't take over anything. They could bomb it, but then they're doing a disservice to themselves if they were if their end goal were to take it over. Well, you're not bombing the the, the resources. You're bombing the military targets, and that's what I'm the saying. The military targets are in the middle or in the prairie provinces, and they the are Lake. all they, um, and they're all going to be also where a lot of the agriculture is set up. Well, yeah, but you're they're not, not they're not bombing Vancouver where you could get a lot of targets if you really wanted to. But, true. But at that point, you're so close to the border. The United States is dropping a nuke like the 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 beautiful part about like the United States is a double edged sword always. Right. But they will not like if if anybody were to come through the north. One of the best parts about like, I fucking hate that we we were offered Alaska for but free. Here's the thing. We and the United States and we said no. Well, hang yeah, on. That makes no sense. Right. Well, well yeah. Well. We essentially I, I become that. the place I love where that the United States has a state up north because now Russia doesn't have an equal an, an access to us that doesn't fucking terrify the U.S. Right? Doesn't encroach on them. So I get it. I get that there's going to be a military di- like at the end of the day, you just look at it logically and go, well, I could spend that money and it would make kind of sense for us to have a bigger military. But at the end of the day, we have the world's largest military next to us, and they are they a have fucking hair triggers. And B, they are located so close to us geographically that they wouldn't allow anyone to enter. And even if they did, what are they doing? Here's the thing, man. This is all I'm saying. It it wasn't it wasn't Russia that got destroyed. Uh, Okay, hold on here. Essentially, what you're saying (laughs) is if we got invaded, Canada would be the battleground for the World War Three. Yeah. You know how much it sucks being a civilian in a battleground? Yeah. But that's and that's because we have no military to protect us. We're literally the hedge between the rest of the world and the United States. No, it would be it, it's it's kind well, of we become the battleground, man. We we that, might, that but no, no battleground has ever happened on neutral territory unless you're going to try and claim like Hitler from Poland, and then like after he took uh, after Germany took out Poland, then they were operating from Germany, which was a neutral territory. But what all all I'm saying is is. Because this all stemmed from your family never ne- was not part of like taking it down in Germany during the Nazi era. If you were born with blonde hair and blue eyes, it didn't matter what your political uh, values were. You were advantaged by the fact 
that you by through through no nothing you've ever done. That's actually that an you incorrect were, fallacy, not supported by facts. The uh, blonde hair, blue eyes thing. Well, it's part of the Aryan uh, uh, ideal. It, yeah, but they they did that through bloodlines and heritage. Well, not, yeah, but not but that because was because you had blonde hair and blue eyes. But they did they did have uh, at the core of their beliefs the ideal Aryan was blonde hair, blue eyes. But yeah, it was more heritage based. It's just an easier way to describe. Well, it. essentially, like. A little bit of war history. I mean, if you're in the SS, in order to get into it, they had to go through your lineage to pr- to prove you're a pure German, and then you'd get a your blood type, not with the positive or negative. They didn't figure that out yet, and that would be like they tattoo you under your arm, your blood type, and then you were then a member of the SS. So actually, kind of cool Which thing. Is, also, it's kind of funny because Hitler is a brown hair, brown eyed guy from Austria. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just to touch on the veterans a little more, I think they really got thrown under the bus in this budget. I'm not saying... They got $150 just, million. They didn't get thrown under the bus. They just didn't get I'm as not much saying, money. So you almost want more money into the budget right now. I, I, I think we could take a bit out of the $15 billion that we're giving, you know... <laughs> indigenous communities I would i'm not rather... saying i'm not saying they don't need the money we don't need to reconcile what we did and maybe i'm coming across a bit callous and i just want to pause it there i'm not saying that we don't support them we don't help them and we don't try to make their standard of living better but we also need to look at the people that have served our country to defend everything the, the ability to do this you know where we and... could have really done a cut is one where you would want to take advantage of it, especially with the high costs and the fact that last week you said that you were uh, wanting to go into solar projects and $4.4 billion in the budget over five years is for home retrofits provided at 0% I thought interest. that was pretty cool. Yeah, I bet you did, right? Because yeah. you might benefit from it because you own a home. That's right. Right. <laughs> but at the end of the day, that's significantly more uh, than that would be what? 10, one third. That would be... Uh, three percent of uh or 30, 30 times what the military got so would you not want to take some of that from there i suppose you could right um you i know. just don't, i find it odd that your first your first uh, gut instinct is to try and take it from communities that don't have access to water and meanwhile you have a house and you're like i really want solar panels on my roof so i can actually get uh, opt out of the fucking yeah, capitalist I've been a, I've been uh, energy sector here and make sure that i have my tesla battery so i can socialize my own electric i've grid. been a productive oh, member of society so God. i could afford this, this they have just no way of, produ- of producing in society because they literally don't have access to the road or road access literally to free post-secondary education if um, they can get no to taxes. the towns they don't have access i played i played junior hockey with a guy in ontario who came from a town in which he had to take a train to get to where we were he took a two-hour train for hockey practice you know how fucked that is he literally could there is no roads like I get it. I get that there are high prices in here. Well, when we and try I to get, build no, roads for no, no, them, no, no, but, but they fucking that, riot. But why? Oka, remember I, that? Why is this the conversational topic you want to die on? $4.4 <laughs> billion for home retrofits. <laughs> fucking man, if ever I could just hold a mirror up to you and just have you yell for a second. What is, how? How is that possibly oh. the fucking stumbling spot? I haven't even read the full thing, but I knew where we were going on a few of them, so I pulled out some percentages. Hey man, no worries. And I was like, um, <laughs> and like I said, there's a lot of carrots and oh. not a lot of sticks. Uh, no, but, and I know, agree. There, I would like, I would like more sticks. I would really like. A, I think a right at the outset, we wanted exactly. a wealth tax, and that, 100%. that's for sure a middle ground for both of also, us. Also, one third of the budget, one third of the budget 
And also something that the only provincial government that's come out against this position and also the only leader of any political party that's come out against this is the childcare benefit. That's one third of the budget. And that is a direct investment into to stimulate the economy. And I haven't brought it up because I think it's great. It's beautiful. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and, I think that that's the thing is Dan O'Toole didn't even bring it up. You right? know, he, he actually said it was a good thing. Fucking somehow Jason Kennedy's arguing against it. And uh, I think, personally, this child care benefit could really tie into a lot of good things. Yeah. It would allow more women to get in the workforce. Yeah. It would allow, it would more... allow more men to stay at home exactly. as well if they wanted it to. It would basically, to... it would it would create balance. an equality on yeah. that, right? Or, there you go. And any time that a government wants to create a balance, be it between, you know, race, religion, or whatever, that's awesome. Yeah. But, you know, just I just want to touch on this veterans thing cuz you know, it's really it's really a sore point for him. I just I love I love when we disagree because it makes for a good podcast. I, I yeah, agree. Is- I agree that veterans get more money. I think it's so fucked that you want to pull it from First Nations people and not from assholes who want to put solar panels on their goddamn houses. Because I think that's the because most insane if you're a homeowner thing. you're paying property tax. You're giving back to the community. They can't access the communities <laughs> to give back to. How are they supposed to do anything? Dude, every time how, try to no, build no, no, a this is the same fucking argument we have in law all shit. the time. No, 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 hang on a second. This is the same argument we have in law all the fucking time. <laughs> oh, and it's an absolute joke because it's so funny. Everybody's like, oh, why don't you just get a job? Who's going to hire them? First of all, doesn't have access when to a shower. To Hang jobs? on a second. Doesn't have access to a shower. Doesn't have access to a printer. Doesn't have access to a computer. Doesn't have access to a phone. Even if you gave him a job, doesn't have a fucking alarm clock to get there on time. And because he smells like goddamn balls every day, he has no ability to do anything. He also doesn't have access to food. Like, you need to give people a fucking basic ground to start with. I think, it's insane. I think they need access. I, I think that a lot of indigenous communities aren't as worse off as you're saying. Uh, but okay. Uh, I, sure. I think that every time These, we try this was to throw northern them stuff a bone it. and say, hey, we need help building this pipeline, and then they just lose their shit, and they're like, well, you're going to ruin our land, even though most pipelines are underground, and they do their best to maintain the land after the pipeline's been built. Uh, and you look at these protest do. zones where these people protest building they these also pipelines, don't pay the true like cost of wastelands after. They don't, yeah. Plastic but, cups everywhere, used condoms, That's because condoms, they, don't own the plan, they don't own the land. It's almost like if they own the land, they would respect it more fair like at the end of the day these private companies are taking care of the land because it's fucking theirs it's like comparing a house renter to a house owner of course the house owner is going to take better care of it the renter doesn't own shit this is exactly why when black people are riding right now in the streets and they're 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 riding against a broken system it's because they don't own the system they don't give a fuck and also a really weird side note right now sure for anybody listening who lives in edmonton (laughs) and if you if you kind of agree with the fact that you want to stick it to the man and you also want to support small business is loot them when they're closed put it onto the fucking insurance companies nothing would benefit my retail business more right now than if someone came in and stole all the shit that's been sitting on the shelf for the last six months because i could bill my insurance company for it i just want my money back right and this is not me commissioning a crime i promise you this is not legal advice there's no what is a social suggestion i'm just saying (laughs) give it a thought right you could probably even talk to the store owner ahead of time. And yeah, would that equate to fraud? Probably, but they'd have to still find that part out. All I'm saying is uh, some looting is actually beneficial in these times. Uh, I'm against that. Kind. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm against that kind I'm, of I'm inc- sorry, incivility. I don't like that aspect, but it's a response to a broken system. Like you pointed out, when people own shit, they take care of it. 
If you don't own shit, you don't take care of it. And the, the, the bigger the number of poor people who don't own fucking anything, the more you're going to have riots because they don't fucking own anything. Fair. Right? So you got to make sure that there's a bigger equal basis. I think the, the interesting part about getting First Nations people in there is if you look at birth rates, typically birth rates are an indication of two things, of education and of access to, to employment opportunities. And in Canada, the percentage of people who are parents are, is roughly 51 to 54 percent province by province until you go into the territories. Then you're at 65, 70 and 74 percent. Right. So obviously they're having a fuckload of kids. They don't have access to to the same educational resources. And because they don't have employment opportunities, they're they're just having kids like this. Right. Yeah. So it's the same thing when you look in the states, the highest birth rate states are always going to be the lowest education states. What you need to do, if you really want to reduce the amount of money we're going to hand out in the long term. You have to invest right now in the short term. And I get it. This is a lot of money. And I think that there's a lot of ways they could have spent it better. But there's two things you're not going to convince me. One, that we should invest less in First Nations communities. And two, that your fucking house deserves it more than First Nations communities. I, th- those two things are just never going to fly. I think that at the end of the day, I, I agree with the house retrofits as well. But if we're going to take money from anywhere and put it towards uh, our military or our veterans... How about we veterans? take it from gun control, that chapter nine, part two? Yeah, take it how from gun control. How about we take it from enhancing the capacity of superior courts? Or how about we take it from the very vague justice under chapter eight part three or so, what the, the fuck capacity is, is security <laughs> so 70 billion 70 million dollars okay great for what was the last one uh, it's just uh, like it's just very vague how they well the, 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 the superior the courts one i can explain very very quickly so we've mm-hmm. talked about how it costs about two hundred fifty thousand dollars if i wanted to run a, a charter rights case right now that's correct right and that's because it cu- there is there are not enough superior court justices, and so my wait in time and the amount of co- uh, costs that go into it is exorbitant. So we actually have to reduce those costs. So this actually increase has the potential. It's not it's not direct. And again, I will always agree with you. I like specificity, but it has the potential to decrease that cost of our us enforcing our rights. It won't. It might, it Sorry. might, but but you it, can't it say that unequivocally with anything you other than a gut instinct. No, I so said, I said it has go. the potential. That's all I've said. I've, I'm, I'm taking the logical position of it has the potential. It has the potential to not, and it has the potential to. Some I, awesome I, things. Yeah, but then again, we should be specific. It has to be specific, right? But it's not that it won't. Mm-hmm. Because it, it could. We don't know. But I think that it's still, that's a better way of spending it uh, than some dude who decides to, I don't know, some Peter Griffin decides to turn his fucking house into a puppet. Right. Use that 20 G's, detach the roof, create a hinge system so he can talk as the people walk past his house. <laughs> I feel like that would be sick. But at the same time, probably not the best spending of money. I would oh, rather probably. that go and give water to some uh, some isolated communities or access to cell towers. Right. But, but what about the ROI? Well, I, <laughs> thank you. The, the ROI of getting those people jobs. I, I mean, it's almost like the conservative argument is made for me when people yeah, can actually go. have access to jobs. Then they, they pay that's... taxes and then they're going to need less social services. Exactly. So if they can have access to this, uh, to, to those jobs, then that's what we, we should happen. Mm-hmm. That's the conservative argument. I get I, I understand that there's a lot of spending here. But I think that one of the ways I broke it down, I thought was kind of interesting because it's $101 billion. Most of it's over three years. Some's over five, some's over seven, and you covered a good portion of that. But the the interesting thing is if you actually break it down on a per cost per person, that's $2,600 per person in Canada, 38 million people roughly. Are right? you saying, uh, sorry, hold on. If we account for all the debt, it's about $33,000 per taxpayer right now. That's over three, three years. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to add another eight, 800 million in debt. 
So billion. that's going to go up. Billion. No, no, no. Oh, billion. Sorry. That's right. You're yeah. right. Billion. Billion. <laughs> You you're gonna Sorry, make my man. argument much easier. Yeah, but, no, but but, it, but here's the thing: like, it's uh, these numbers are so astronomical. Sorry, um, it's yep. just. But but again, if you divide the current budget, like the increase to the budget, the budget was already going to be high. Like that that was spending that was already presumed. Didn't have to be. Well, I, I, okay, but then you could have told Harper to decrease some of his spending, and he was he was trying to pay out, out of the like well. Well, it, it, like I said, I there, mean, there's we, ways we, of doing. We have it. not done anything to. So this this is an increase of spending of eight hundred and eighty six dollars per person uh, per year, and that's that that and that's what it is. It's an increase in spending of under nine hundred dollars per person per year in Canada that has the potential to have an ROI above that. Could it could it fail? It could, it definitely could, right? And that and that's what sucks with these things. But one of the nice benefits of this is that they're not directing businesses on how to do how to use their money, which falls in the face of the freedom that you've always wanted to do. So one of the things that you have to kind of choose between here is whether or not you want the businesses to have the freedom or if you want to have that specificity that will guarantee an outcome. Those are really two polar opposite things. But if you want, the problem is, is government specificity normally is inaccurate, right? When they ask for something specific for an outcome, they normally fuck it up. So I actually kind of appreciate some of the vagueness here if it means that private industry is going to then take their expertise and put and put it into better use. Like for the childcare aspect, if there was a way to create an industry province by province, like because every province is going to get the freedom to do it differently. That's what I like about it. Yep. And I think that then you'll be able to compare how does BC do it versus because Quebec, Quebec's been socializing their decade for, for well over a decade now. Yeah, on our backs. Well, yeah, of course, but they do everything on our backs, right? And that's that I will always agree that Quebec has hands out, especially at the Supreme Court level. It's it's really quite disgusting. But it that, is. That, yeah. like if we're talking about reconciliation, there's no bigger tax cost of reconciliation than there is where, uh, in Canada. It has nothing to do with First Nations. It's our, our reconciliation with the French after yeah. we defeated them. That's that's really what it is. Upper Canada is still paying out Lower Canada, right? Yeah. From the the historical standpoint, so that, that's that, how they can afford ten dollar a day daycare. Right yeah. Now. So this is why this is why actually subsidizing it and Bunch creating an equal well, yeah. But if we create an equal playing field right now, the funny thing is, is then basically instead of Alberta having to pay just for Quebec, hey man, I'm totally all for this ten dollar. No, I know, but all I'm saying is I actually like the freedom that that it allows different yeah. provinces to do. They can then choose their approach to it, right? But that's actually baked into most of this. So again, I think there's a lot of potential for fuck up. I think there really is. But I also think that you and I, as libertarians, don't want government to be over invested in in the decision making aspect of what happens. Yeah. And so by by being a little bit more vague, they're actually giving us a little bit more freedom. I again, the freedom to fuck up, but potentially the freedom to not. And that extra nine hundred bucks per person a year. I think that I can turn that to more money. I think that that $20,000 alone to our house will turn to more than $900 a year, right? If we were to put 20 Gs into our house, it guaranteed it will. That's a $3,000. If you can't overcome a $17,000 surplus in your investment, then you're a fucking idiot in terms of how, how you're spending it. Well, but with the price of building materials now, 20 grand will get you what it, it used to. It won't get you a whole lot, but you can upgrade. You, even just upgrading your power service, which is like a $3,000 service, increases the value of your house by about 7 Gs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I could I could actually pay off my my water tank and uh and my my furnace, which I I lease right now at zero. Per, uh, I'm leasing at a percentage, and I can now buy it at zero percent. That's that that actually saves me more money in the long term go. as well. Right. So there's there's ways of looking at it of and going like what in the actual fuck. And I totally agree. And then I'm also one thing you haven't called me out on, and I'm just going to give it to you. I'm doing it off of our full population, 38 million people. 
that's not like so 900 bucks per person yeah but also a lot of people a lot they're not not all of those people are adults yeah or right? taxpayers yeah so that and, and so i'm gonna 100 percent acknowledge that there's the numbers in there are purposefully a little bit skewed in my in my benefit and i was doing that because i didn't have the chance to read the whole thing so i needed some stronger arguments but even if you were just taking the adult one um it's it's less than doubling it it's going to be about 1300 so i did i did do the actual honest math as well just so i had that um and yeah so so even at that point it's still not a crazy amount in my opinion in terms of an increase i think there's it doesn't sound like that much I just think it's outrageous when you put it like that. When they say better equipping our military and it's thirty five million over the next five years. Yeah, that uh, honestly, the investment into military I think was bad. But one of the things that I like is thirty, like one third of the spending was in like the technological infrastructure aspect. So that was like building up the tech sector. And if that was to be potentially used through our military, which I would think a lot, because a lot of military now is not giant fucking weapons. It's pseudo military like TikTok is a military device right we love it but it's actually it's a it's an intelligence device where they get they get our location they get our facial recognition they get they get all of the trends they get what you're looking at they actually go do um eye, eye gaze rate so where you're actually located where your eyes are looking on the screen they know what it what intoxicates you they they can go and access your body records within your phone as well so the body sensors they'll know your heart rate they're going to know where when you're going on walks they have geotagging all of this is built baked into these apps so yeah. if we're investing in technological infrastructure that can be pseudo military as well mm. right i mean you just got to imagine kind of like investing in pharmaceuticals could be pseudo military like the cia did with lsd right like so it really depends on how it's directed because it could like the direct military spending into like old age military yeah that's pitiful right but maybe we don't need because because we have so many natural resources and they don't want to bomb us, they want to make us basically turn us against each other. Well, maybe the tech increase is the way we need to go. Here's the thing: I mean, we're, like, hey, the, we're already the like one really of the best spy agencies. Tactical apparently. awareness, and it's just it, it, it's always evident. Um, and essentially, like all, all the big issue I have here is the fact that if there's going to be a conflict, it's going to be on our soil because I mean, maybe. we're the soft target. And it's not. Here's the thing: they're not going to bomb. The resources they're going to bomb the civilian soft targets, i.e., cities. Uh, that's the you know, the, the, and yeah. If you US bomb Vancouver, response, Toronto, or anything, the U.S. is just going to nuke you. Like this is the thing. And if you and it's honestly, you don't even have to nuke them. Just use a neutron a, bomb. It's a not neutron. even a tactically warranted response, though. And it really depends on how our relations with the U.S. are going to go in the so next five if years. They, if they have to, like, let's say, okay, if they want to bomb vancouver right so if you're russia you're coming you're coming from the west which means that you're going to be flying into united united states airspace via alaska so united states airspace via alaska it would be or chinese airspace because they actually have some nor some northern area that they've been trying to claim up in the 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 north atlantic up there it's not really a matter of whose airspace you're going through with your military it's who you're flagged right away well yeah but here's the thing we don't have the response capability. We'd have to literally rely on the states. I don't, yeah, exactly. 100%. And do. by the time it, it, the states get involved, they could literally easily be right at the border. Yep. It's it's not. And then we become the battleground. But and that's how many not people good. do you think they're dropping? They, these aren't like Marvel version of spaceships that just like airdrop a billion troops into the ground. Like it's, they, the, they, it's, it's the same. It's the same principle that uh, Germany used in the Blitzkrieg. You'd start with your air force, you'd do the tactical bombing, and then you'd follow with mechanized drops of 
parachuters, equipment. And China has the biggest military numbers. Russia has a very technologically advanced military. But so they also if, if you have, have if you own the airspace, nothing's really US more does. relevant than that nowadays because uh, it, it, most tactical helicopters and uh, aircraft can outperform any ground troop. Uh, and here's the thing. It, it could be months for them to get the ground troops in. If they control the airspace, it's irrelevant because they're not able to do anything. I mean, okay. here's the thing. If you're being watched by drones, literally the Russian government wouldn't even have to be here. They just have to say, you have to do, do that X, with Y, satellites Z. right now. Exactly. But that's... but that then wouldn't that, again, kind of go towards we should be my, investing my complaint in technology, is, not into these he- heavy-duty machinery ones. My I, complaint I, is... We're never going to win a hand-to-hand combat with anybody. Not with his budget. No, Not with anyone. We only have <laughs> fucking 38 million people. <laughs> you think- in- India has a billion people. Fucking China has a billion people. How the- we, we have 38 million we we are nothing. We will never win. It doesn't. You could give us all of the money in the world. You could give us everything. It would yeah. not matter. It's kind of like the funny argument of if if the penguins of Greenland were to actually invade the people of Greenland, there are eight million penguins for every person. You know how <laughs> fuck they would die to penguins. It, do, it doesn't matter how much weapons you give them. The penguins would kill them. And this is the same. It doesn't matter what you give us. I don't care if you have the the centuries long of Team Canada just lined up taking slap shots at these motherfuckers. It makes zero difference what guns or weapons or anything you give us. We are nothing. We have small potatoes. We have well, no people. This is this is where I take we have a, a s- fuckload of land and no people. They're going to be the funniest thing would be the first time they drop a bomb and they realize that this bomb that's that in China would take out thirty million people took out twelve in rural <laughs> yeah, Manitoba. Yeah. and they're like, oh man, we only got two Jeds and a Betty. What is this? Like fuck. Well, here's the thing. I, I take a Swiss approach to militarizing. I, I think it would be uh, well, they're so neutral, be neutral in most. Well, no, no, no. It's it's how they've set their country up. Um, like mandatory military, mandatory training. military service. Uh, uh, so it basically provides the training and support if there's an invasion, and that's why no one wants to invade Switzerland because in every house there's a beautiful manufactured Swiss weapon, and everybody knows how to use it why. in the household. And I don't think that's why. I think it's because <laughs> they also have billions of dollars that locked away in their banking. Yeah, yeah that they've managed. But to you steal. know, they kind of hold all of Hitler's wealth outside of what's been held in the Vatican. Well, it's not just Hitler's <laughs> oh, wealth. Careful, it's a whole bunch of other. <laughs> Dirty yeah, I know. Too, There's but, a lot of dirty but, places. But here's the thing. I mean, that that like Switzerland was created by the Templars. Yeah, and that's why they have a red flag with a white cross on it. Yep. Uh, when the Templars got you know uh, persecuted in the 1300s from the French, they all went over the Alps and they, they established Switzerland. Yep. And you look at it, it's like, well, what were the Templars known for? Banking uh, and military. Yep. Okay. Well, a lot of people don't know that. It's actually pretty neat. But um, you, when you look at it. On just a, a physical scale, I mean, like, I don't want, you know, our streets to be where a battle takes place. I don't want that. And it's, it's not going to be in my lifetime. It's going to be my kids, guaranteed, because scarcity well, if, is going to definitely honestly, take over it, here. If it happens and there are your, not enough resources on this planet for everybody to enjoy a good life. And China could send over 3% of their population and mm-hmm. outnumber us. That's right. They, there doesn't matter what we have. It makes zero difference. Now, yeah, if you want to talk about, just like, tactical so what you want is more spending... So that, but directed towards us having mandatory military. That, I, would, that would be a huge training cost. I think that it would, it would decrease be, our RCMP training costs because also, it would already built in. 
right? But uh, so I like Clever. that aspect. Well, I would actually like mandatory retail as well. If we want to treat some of these cunts how go. to talk people to people, my God, yeah. like just well, make, I, here's my make you work and waiting. You want to give industry. these uh, indigenous communities an opportunity? Put them in the military. But put them in the oh military with everybody. Mandatory, mandatory oh, two, three years service. Dude, dude, you're going to be a total troll here. I know you are, but that that's a fucking hard. Everybody's going to work. Everybody gets a pension. Everybody's military trained. Everybody's got a gun in their house. They can protect the country with. And guess what? We're investing in tactical strike capabilities that could stop an invasion line. material. Uh, and, you they're know, like the no lone survivors. They are the few survivors of the last time somebody invaded. They don't need the to be fucking if go we, out and prove it again. If we start building up a military, we can then stand up to the U.S. I would love like, to oh, see fuck your dairy farmers. We're not going to stand up to the, the U.S. The people from your not Welsh now. and Irish not background. Oh man, we're not oh. gonna we're not gonna stand up you're to just, anyone. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't matter. We are not a superpower in anything. What we could be is not a with this budget. <laughs> There's no budget. <laughs> what, basically, what you're calling for is for us to go into trillion dollars worth of debt so that we can all outfit ourselves with Iron Man suits. There's no other way in which we can do this. Basically, you're just and if we did that, FYI, I'm 100% in support of that position. Dude, that'd be great. That would be so fucking cool. Oh, I would back that 100 times out of 100. Yeah, but, Iron Man suits for everyone? That'd be great. Yeah, and, and I don't even care the go. cost. At go. that point, I don't care about if the inflation is a billion times what it is, as long as I got my suit before it hits. Dude. <laughs> oh, right. But yeah. you know what's funny? All we need is that little bit of tech investment, and all of a sudden they've hacked our Siri, and now my suit doesn't do anything. So or they I still it. feel like the, te- the tech investment, I would rather be able to, like, I've seen guys gra- like uh, uh, just driving around in their cars, remote hacking Jeeps and fucking sending them into the ditch. I would rather invest in tech that can do that on a ridiculous, like, like, uh, you have a weird like shield almost that goes once they enter the a- airspace it's a button and boom some sort of uh, electric pulse knocks them down it's actually just uh, it was the one of the first uh, cyber force um, uh, that's America's uh, basically uh, you know, well, not the CIA. space force you're talking about. No, though, cy- right? cyber they did set up cyber the space command. force. I don't, I'm, uh, big, one big of the first, fan of the space force. One of the first uh, <laughs> attacks they did was on Iran's um, nuclear uh, power plants, or uh, not? No, sorry, their their isotope. Um, they're trying to basically create uranium three something. Well, they, uh, they, so they can make. Uh, they, they were not weapons. enriching uranium prior to Donald Trump pulling out the uh, out of the deal because for the last fifteen years Iran had been allowing international checkers to go in there and prove to the world that they hadn't done anything. Well, but the second the deal got pulled, they were enriching the uranium the next day. Yeah, and that's when this, they this wasn't under in. Trump though. This was years and years ago. Essentially, they created uh, the first like zero code. Uh, hack that could get in uh they had a guy on the inside install this virus but what it did is it attacked the uh um uh, one of the electric processors in the uh isotope machine and overheated it right and uh, now most countries have the capability to do that the thing is the chinese have an amazing system over their internet they they basically control it's a very secular Uh, closed system uh whereas america 
you know, uh, you've got all these haphazard, you know, companies that control the power grid, Texas being one of them. You yeah. saw how well that did with like a little bit of snow. Um, and yeah, you know what? Fuck you, Texas. It was a little bit of snow. Come up here and yeah. tell yeah. me. You guys are you, you, fucking yeah. so it's so fun to laugh. Like I because I grew up in Vancouver <laughs> and the fa- my favorite thing was going down to Seattle on a day where there was like maybe three millimeters of snow. And I would see like Lincoln navigators flipped over in the ditch. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck me. You have like a, that happen? like a fucking 12,000 pound SUV and you managed to skid off the road with a little bit of cold water. Uh, oh my God. Not even ice yet. It was just like that slushy stuff. Give me a break. Yeah, well, that's America. Americans don't know how to drive. I don't care what anyone says. No, they're you know, worth, you worth know what? They come up here and they're do. like, oh my God, the roads aren't flat. Yeah, <laughs> people <laughs> <laughs> say that like like Chinese or Indian people don't know how to drive. Here's they, the thing: yeah. the culture, the culture in China and India. Once you realize that they 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 have one cultural rule that I just had to learn about. Once I realized what it was, I was like, oh, that makes so much fucking sense. The rules in those countries are: you are only responsible for what's in front of you. Hmm. Now, turn signals getting cut off constantly. The slow, the slow in whatever lane. That stuff makes sense, but they don't hit people. They don't fucking ram them from behind because they're only focused on what's in front of them. And I'm like, oh, man, that decreases a lot of your burden. I don't have to worry about people all over the place. I actually kind of like that a little bit. That is kind of cool. But that's just a cultural change. And then when they come here and it's like, care about everyone always, but also no one and only yourself and get there fast. But only if you're going by this speed, (laughs) unless you're following a cop who's going faster. But if you were in front of him and he already wanted to go that speed, he's going to ticket you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 (laughs) The rules here are kind of fucked. (laughs) Follow all the rules unless you turn on your lights because you really needed that fucking double double. Right. Like it's it, yeah, like the the rules here are just different. So I get. But yeah, Americans are by far the worst fucking drivers on the planet to wrap this budget up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, like I said, I'm not going after indigenous communities alone. I was just kind of shocked the amount of money that we're you know, putting into them. Yep. And, you know, you made a lot of great points. I think that. You know, initially when I was looking at this, I was like, you could scrap all this. Fuck it. And, you know, maybe maybe that was a little too savage. Uh, oh, bad wordplay. You can you can you can. Yeah. No, yeah. sorry. Um, we get it. We use the term savage in a different term now than yeah. it would have been. And the fact that it just happened to be in that. Yeah, I it's, get it. Yeah, as soon fun. as I said I'm it, I'm looking like, at Evan's oh, face no. right now. That's and fine. I know he, he is feeling so much shame. Yeah. We're not editing this yeah, out, but, no, it, he, but he anyway, is a good person. So it did not mean that. <laughs> essentially, uh, you know, I wasn't trying to be as ruthless yeah. as, you know, that. I, I, I just think that in a lot of ways, this budget really doesn't look after uh, our military and our veterans. And yeah, maybe I'm a little more... Uh, we that's need something to, that's important to you. Yeah, yeah. you know, maybe uh, I was raised in a military household, right? So maybe I'm a little jaded in that regard. But when you saw our troops literally land in Operation Desert Storm in green camouflage, yeah. like that's an embarrassment. You know, like the fact that we didn't have desert cad pat for our guys already developed. You're literally showing up like a Christmas tree in the middle of the desert. So the one, it was the, like you had all these other countries, Britain, you know, they had their uh, they, they had their camouflage all worked out. America, of course. Yeah. You know, oh, they had that. So, they, had, they had that printed in the 80s. Oh, they just yeah. had to open the vault. <laughs> We're ready, bitch. <laughs> but like, you know, when, when when we see this stuff happen and then when these guys come home after literally you know, a razor thin budget supporting them and there's no supports for them after, you know, 
one thing I really did like about the budget is they're setting aside, I think, 140 million to basically ensure that no veterans homeless. Yeah. And I think that to me, like, should have been financed a little more. Yeah. uh, Or should have already been done. Um, You know, and that, like, yeah, I'm not trying to say that every indigenous community is, you know, a, a horrible ROI to invest in. And, you know, I'm also going to say that every indigenous community isn't as fucked as you said. No, of course you know, not. I, I, I just, I just know if that... you're going to go to and use the communities in downtown Vancouver and I'm going to use the communities in rural nor- <laughs> Northwest Territory. Yeah, then. yeah, we're, absolutely. Because we're going to find that gooch and yeah. it's probably going to be somewhere in central Manitoba. Right? Well, it's still not a great place to be. No. I mean, Thompson's a... Uh, <laughs> oof. They're, anyway. I, I heard their national bird, jokingly, is a mosquito. Yeah. I haven't actually looked <laughs> no, into for it, sure. but it's a fucking insect, which is hilarious. But yeah, um, I think it started as a joke, but uh, now it's like yeah. a thing. But like, I kind of just, I think this is the coolest part is like, cause you came from a military background. My culture is a kind of a different that I come from. Like, cause I've talked about how my grandmothers were held in concentration camps under Stalin. Well, here's, so, here's my heritage, but, but, but hang on, hang on one second. <laughs> I think, hang on, because the one interesting part about that is y- your support for the military comes from that background. For me, my grandmother came from a part like from from a time where they were still they were still tithing right to their government but for what for for it wasn't their government and the military that they had been supporting this whole time was turned against them mm-hmm. on their own territory on their own land and we're actually starting to see some of this in Ontario with the way that they've been giving sweeping powers to the to the police the United States has been at this issue they have the biggest military budget in the world but also their police are turned on their people all the time right they poli- shouldn't be having military equipment for no their but, job. but 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 remember just, anytime you're no. trying to get a military no. guy retrained into a position you have to go for like for like right we talked about how it's impossible to train a trucker well not impossible but it's it's unreasonable to presume you're going to train a trucker to be a coder and that's mm-hmm. not for an intelligence thing it's just an interest-based thing but also a skills-based thing well, yeah. and for for military you know, you're going to train it. them into police a lot of the I time i hate to say it but you know tucker carlson was on the other night and he said that just the speed at which humanity is technologically advancing is unsettling. You know, we're not used to this amount what of change. What he doesn't like is quickly. the fact that because no, I'm, I'm not saying I, 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 I'm not saying but that was you're going to tie it into white nationalism and everything. I'm not no, no, going no, no, there. White, not white nationalism. <laughs> Actually, the that that um, bit though mm-hmm. was preceding him talking about how now we've got these people looking into my yearbook. And, oh yeah, and yeah, yeah. that yearbook post was him supporting a guy who murdered a gay uh, senator. I had no idea. Yeah, so okay. that was, uh, yeah, I I know that your quote is isolated from that, and is, uh, yeah, it is scary. I I think you could have just said it without having to reference Tucker Carlson, because yeah. <laughs> it is terrifying as how fast yeah. we're fucking multiplying. Yeah. But that's what technology does, right? Like technology. Well, once you train a ten bit processor to build a ten bit processor, it's oh. going to it's going to be able to do it at 100 times the speed in the next cycle because you're going to have 10 times the amount of processors working towards that goal. And the same kind of idea going forward, right? I so think in our lifetime, exponentially grows. I think in our lifetime, gentlemen, there's like maybe when we're 80, but there's definitely going to be the ability to somehow upload, scan, or program a human consciousness. Yeah, I agree. And, you know... Immortality, I think, was like there was a 2045 that, initiative. That to me is interesting have because... you looked into Neuralink? No, no, I haven't. So Neuralink is one of Elon Musk's Elon Musk, uh, yeah. inventions. And so uh, two weeks ago, he did a huge live broadcast of one of the chimps that they uh, implanted a microchip in. And what they did was they basically... they hold on to this. <laughs> yeah, they, they gave him a game 
to play, uh, play, and it had a joystick. And basically, what the game was was the joystick controlled a dot on the screen, and the screen would put a would, would put a circle. And once he moved the joystick to put the dot into the circle, he would get um, a banana smoothie. So pretty fucking delicious. I would work yeah. for a banana smoothie. And so he's got this microchip basically tracking the neurons that are active while he's doing this, right? And so what they do is, okay, you know, after a while, he's like, okay, I got into the circle, and he gets into the rhythm of things. So what they did was they unplugged the joystick. And then he was able to, just using Neuralink, move the fucking dot. He was still holding the joystick because he thought it was mechanical, yeah. but it was actually his neurons moving the joystick with him. And so they were like, holy shit, we're going to be able to create prosthesis out of this. The hard part now is they have to create a remote-free version of training because obviously people who are prosthetic yeah. or prosthetics can't train the joystick first. Yeah. So now that's what they're doing is they're working on how do we train the joystick remotely as in like basically get those neurons firing to simulate it and my guess is they're probably going to go through a vr technology where you actually then have the person who needs a prosthetic to put on vr goggles to simulate the fact that they have a hand there so that it tricks their neurons into uh, firing and then train the joystick it's like that episode of house where the guys is happening today this is not happening when we're 80 this is happening today and all you need to realize is we can also create ai that can take that code and replicate it at a ridiculous pace and yeah. just improve upon itself. Now, the yeah. problem is all of the, those codes are also prone to human error because they're programmed by humans, right? And we don't teach programs to think about how to code. We just teach them to, to replicate code yeah. or to obey using history, but there's no creativity aspect. Right. And that's the sentiency aspect that they haven't gotten is mm-hmm. the application of creativity. But if, because creativity is kind of like that lightning bolt that we can't really explain. That idea of yeah. that that really more or less proves the fact that there there is um, there's no free will because we actually don't choose the that we have no freedom to choose the thoughts that arise, right? Mm. And that creativity is just it can't be pre-programmed. So that's the one aspect of AI that's kind of lacking is it's it will be able to maximize to the extent of humans' creativity yeah. unless we can tr- create a creative. The, the issue scary. is, I don't think yeah. I don't think artificial intelligence could ever replace human intelligence. I think it could far surpass oh, human yeah. intelligence. Yeah, but the thing is, uh, you, it you would made not that exact full, point. Yeah, it would not because, fully be uh, the same thing. A, 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 a system, a computer system, has to have a true and false. That that that's how they're programmed. I yeah. mean, no matter how much code you put into a computer, it's binary. It's it's binary. It's black and white. Right. It's a one or it's a zero. I mean, yeah. there's very. I mean. You can create don't if get functions. Me wrong. Like you can create you, if functions exactly. and whatnot, but that that the ifs again. Remember that we only have like if we go through human history, we have probably four dozen philosophers that came up with unique points that had never been thought about prior to that. Yeah. But it took a shit ton of human ingenuity and also just weird circumstance. And so if you realize that AI might not process circumstance in the same way that people do and that they might not also then reason from it so that inability to reason outside of the binary that's where i think that it might be difficult to overcome but Mm -hmm. who knows these advancements are crazy yeah like i said every year there's more and more technological advancements and you know it's 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 incremental and uh you know not part of the budget but also but i mean the investments in tech is a part of the budget and i think that's a huge thing for us i would like to see way more agricultural investment i think that the hugest miss on here was not 
like a 13 year deficit in food trade in as one of the biggest agricultural centers on the planet is to me embarrassing. Like we should be, I, I get my baby food for my daughter and most of it comes from France. Like that's insane. Really? Yeah. Gerber? The, like it's France? No, the, the like... strained, like even the PC stuff is uh, coming from France a lot of the time. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so that that's how a lot of that stuff is produced. And I get it because a lot of, honestly, the food grade quality in a lot of those places is higher and ours is lower because we have to compete with the U.S. Yeah. Because the U.S. is so low, right? Because we talked about like their whole ground beef and a lot of their produce and most of their meat is just so horribly low grade and, and they're pumped full of drugs. Too. And yeah, exactly. And they're baked goods. And then they ask just, for it like rare yeah oh my god rare burger please rare burger on like oh it's the most disgusting thing ever i'm sorry one of the first times i had uh steak tartare which is you know raw ground beef was in was in france yeah right and you know i was raised like cook it yeah my mom was a nurse like some stuff was overcooked but you know it was the way it should be right like i never had pork in a medium until i moved out right yeah at a 140 you know you can do that with pork in canada it's really good quality i wouldn't do that in america but (laughs) the thing is uh, a lot of you know how my parents were brought up was all american media kind of controlled where you got to cook it to 165 right yeah Mm -hmm. or one whatever it is in fahrenheit i don't know uh but um yeah like it kind of like when you start when i went to france for my honeymoon uh, you know, I was just like, I was feeling brave. I was like, oh, I'll, I'll try steak tartare. And I remember ordering it and the guy was like, oh, like, have you ever had like, you know, raw, you know, beef before? I said, no, I haven't. And I'm Canadian, right? He's like, oh, this is actually Canadian beef we're using. Oh, interesting. Oh, and it, yeah, it was actually like. I'm I, not surprised Canadian beef is yeah, still I was, I was, I was, I was shocked. I was like, holy shit, wow. really? And yeah. they're like, yeah, it's the best beef on the planet. I well, was like, outside of Alberta beef, yeah. baby. Because no. Kobe beef is still going to be the best marbling oh. on the planet. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, you could also look at Wagyu and say. And Wagyu, yeah. You know, they, yeah. They're, yeah. they're literally playing classical music to cows and massaging them to get yeah. the fat. Mm. It's, yeah, like that's that shit's delicious. But yeah. like $250 a a pound or something like yeah i've had wagyu one time at gotham steakhouse in vancouver and it was amazing yeah it wasn't footing how much was it uh 95 dollars for just the steak fuck yeah yeah Yeah. i believe it because i had it uh i think with the wife we went to like a korean restaurant yeah and they had like the wagyu uh on the hot stone yeah 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 and man you can actually see it you put it on the hot stone and like the whole thing heats up because there's so much fat content oh yeah the fat heats up before the meat right so it's like the fat cooking it from the inside out oh it's so cool you know what's funny is like when it comes to steak i actually i actually get my steak done chicago blue Oh yeah. So Chicago blue you incinerate the outside. Yeah. Oh yeah. You savage. So you, well, not just you sit and incinerate it. You do you, you butter baste it first. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then you get your grill up to five hundred and you do thirty seconds each side and you do it round to the corner to marble the outside. But it's still the it. capillaries haven't burst on the inside. And I find I mean for people who haven't watched, because we don't do video, so like I every once in a while I'll disappear from the room because I have stomach problems. Yeah, I can digest that stuff no problem. It yeah. is amazing and I love it. And then also, as long as you don't I just get watched it the herd locker like, the other day, and I'm yeah. just like I'm thinking of that colonel. It's like you're a wild man, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> How many bombs are you defused? I don't know. I asked you a question, Sergeant. Eight hundred and forty-five. I fucking love that movie. It was on the other night. I was going through the budget. Maybe that's why I was a little more like 
military. military yeah. And I was yeah. watching that movie. I was like, oh shit, the world sucks. Yeah, have and you watched Red budget. Dawn lately? Oh, pardon me? Have you watched Red Dawn the lately? The original or the remake? It doesn't matter. I, I've seen them a few times. Okay, yeah, because yeah, your, your Canadian um, invasion by China, that's very Red Dawn style. Well, here's they, the thing. I mean, like, if the China <laughs> would never, never invade the States. They, they go through us. They've already invaded it, man. Like, if you, if, so if you go. <laughs> I, on, I mean, with the ground force. I know what you're saying. Like, well, yeah. I, I genuinely mean, like, through things like TikTok, right? Like, the feedback algorithms right now are descent. So, what happens is if we were to make a TikTok right now that was talking about uh, police brutality, that's going to get boosted to right wing people. Mm. not left-wing people it's actually not a like algorithm boost and this is what a lot of people on the left are finding on tiktok and so what you're getting is um so that the comments from the right are what spew into the left so they get these hate-filled comments and then they start they start fighting so oh. basically what's happening mm. is a lot of these it's like the these, troll uh it's a troll army from, yeah so it's 100 percent what uh, south, south park, park. Did. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 so they're they're they've basically pinned americans against each other using the algorithm rather than showing like content like facebook does and creating these small incel groups now that what they've done is they took those incel groups and they fa- turned them on their heads and faced them against each other to fight in the comment sections yeah. and it's actually trickling out into into the streets so the distrust is at a uh, high level anything that you conquer. talk about when it comes to democracy or capitalism failing those are boosted from to to the right side so that you're getting horrible arguments yeah, in favor of democracy of, and capitalism no so yeah that's it's interesting. absolutely insane but i've been yeah. watching this for a while on tiktok because i don't i don't create but i but i watch a lot and i'm like so every once in a while i'll start searching things on random so that i can see what the algorithm produces through there and it's fucked, man. And then hmm. I go and I, ca- I go through leftist side uh, people and they're like, why, why are my fucking comments on this one video filled with right wingers? I've never even seen this. And it was all because of one co- one thing that they said in their video no was related to anti-democracy. Yep. So they want to create a fight. Yeah. So I think, uh, like I said, I think the next hmm. invasion is technological. They don't need to step foot on the ground because a civil war can start any po- at any point. And it seems to be bubbling. Yeah, and America, like, so America's I genuinely really think that's that. the better way to go. If I'm if I'm China, I'm going civil would create a civil war. Well, Make yeah. them fight. Again, in Canada, there's too much travel and we're far too lazy and we have free weed. Or not free, but legal. Yeah. So at the end of the day, not like, free yet. we might we might kill a few people in our own local not area. This budget. But then we're gonna look around. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> but we're not, yeah, I mean, like if we if, even if we got to the point of like near civil war, like West versus East. Nobody from BC is getting any farther uh, east than Alberta. Yeah. They're going to get halfway through Alberta and like, really? Is it, is it this flat? Like, they pull out the telescope. They're like looking into like parts of Thunder Bay up north. <laughs> Why would I want to go all the way there? <laughs> nah, fuck it. I'm good. I'm just going to stay here. Right? Like, they, we would never actually complete the Civil War. Yeah. Whereas the United States, they're so densely populated, it might actually work. For a period of time. Yeah. yeah it would be pretty ruthless. So too. I actually think the tech, the, I would like to see the tech in, uh, and infrastructure this is, this is going. Part of the problem, and I think right? the agriculture like, one going. You're, you're absolutely right like to to destabilize the u.s it's a lot easier to do from the inside out yeah because they're and, already destabilized uh, politically oh for sure yeah and they did it to themselves because like you said their internet was fucking uh, available to the world and yeah. they did nothing to safeguard it because freedom right fucking freedom we want to like it's it's kind of like how fox news still gets to call itself news even though it's uh licensed as an entertainment uh company because they had to change how they were licensed because their lawyers literally had to argue and i mean uh, this isn't verbatim this is near word for word when they were brought to the supreme court for massive misinformation they actually had to argue that it would be 
it, it would take the absolute stupidest person to think that anything they were saying was was legitimate and not just for entertainment purposes. But this is the world of freedom that the United yeah. States has painted. It doesn't actually exist. It's insane. It's yeah. just fucking marketing. It's, All it is is marketing. It's an oligarchy down there. Yeah. And it's it's trickling up to here. And I think that's the, to tie this back into the budget. Yeah, that's that's really the biggest issue I have with this budget. You know, it's not the fact that we're not supporting our veterans. I mean, yeah, that's a huge part for me. Like, and, you know, we could take money from a variety of different sources there, uh, you know, and, you know, put this in the right place. Uh, but uh, the, the biggest issues I had, man, like the fact that we're investing all this money into green ideology, uh, but we're not really holding oh, anyone I want accountable. It direct. If we it, like you yeah. and I talked about this on the last podcast, if that investment went straight to converting wood pulp mills to hemp fiber mills to create hemp two by fours yeah. right? compressed hemp boards mm. which are going to be strong you can make a uh, fiberglass out of it you can make actual oh, glass dude. out of it if we you can put make some money into hemp that would be dope for bags right because then we're not importing plastic from china for our grocery stores and it's right? biodegradable and now Aha. now we've created yeah it's biodegradable so now we also don't need as much landfill size and we don't Save have to have the that ocean. cost so there's actually a ways for us to have done it so i agree like yeah i would love that i want all of that money invested i just want it fucking directed that's directly exactly into it. one really and strong resource that I we have done nothing I know when liberals with. do a budget, they always create fiefdoms of accountability. Yeah. And all that is is gatekeepers and bureaucrats. I'm going to put one and, point out um, to... Because you, you reached out to a provincial politician. And I, I did. Just, and I just want... If, if a provincial politicians... Because now we, we actually have confirmation that they're going to start listening to our podcast to see whether or not we're going to be worthy of uh, <laughs> interviewing someone. So listen, listen close right now to any... If you're a provincial politician and you want to see a better investment in in the hemp-based industry that we've talked about this is why it can't happen under the current structure of the cannabis act currently cannabis is defined too broadly to include cbd under its its definition cbd grows in high potency in hemp so what they're doing is under the criminal regulatory power of the federal government they're putting in a benign substance of cbd which actually in the own scientific documents that they put forward, 650 some odd pages to, to put forward to support when they legalized it, within those documents, it's repeated uh, ad nauseum that CBD is beneficial, neuroprotective, and has no uh, um, uh, negative, no ne negative psychological effects. Meaning that they're using their criminal law powers to basically suppress an industry without any reason to do it. Now, if you're a province, and especially if you're BC, Saskatchewan, or Ontario, who are three massive hemp producers, get on the phone, call your politician, and sue the federal government. This is actually it's not so when you when you legislate, there are rules for legislating, and they have to be uh, tangible and reasonable uh, uh, when when it comes to how they go about and legislate. It can't be overbroad. That's part of the rule, and this rule is overbroad because what they're doing is not actually co connected to protection, which. Again, when they when they released the legislation, had six points that they were trying to protect things related to we don't want to have kids using it, we don't want to have um, uh, uh, illegal narcotics getting mixed into it, things of that like protecting supply chain, protecting children. Those were parts of it built baked into it. But again, if again if you're a provincial leader or if you're interested in this, you need to write your provincial leader and you need to fight the federal government and get CBD taken out of that definition because then hemp crops become part of a provincial government jurisdiction mm -hmm. and then as the province you can go by case by case and you can take it over you can invest in it that way for those people who are losing money in those industries or people who have people who, who are, have laborers but they don't have a labor industry to invest into you can invest in the infrastructure and go directly to with hemp 
Mm-hmm. And you can start supplying that directly. Mm-hmm. So provincial leaders start pushing back against the feds on that definition because they're clearly not maximizing our cannabis legalization. And provinces can. They can fight it. So yeah. that's that's one thing that I don't think anybody really knows. Wow. But that's that's something I actually wrote a legal paper about that. And I well, I, I think was on the we're... horn with Ottawa. There was a law professor in Ottawa I was talking to with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of criminal law profs in Vancouver, one in UBC and one at True where I went. And yeah, so the, it, it's a really big opening for provinces to fight. Yeah. And I think if we're really trying to move away from fossil fuels oh, uh, and perfect, in the future right? for Alberta, yeah. you know, that would be a great investment. 100%. You know, like uh, it just it just baffles me that, you know, we we ham, we, we hamlock ourselves with these you know, uh, federal legislations and then no yeah. one really knows what to do with them. Criminal law powers you because know, it's not right. Re- they don't have regulatory I, power I over anything else. I sent that picture of that poor page carrying the 739 yeah. <laughs> yeah. page budget to the table. And it's like, you, you know, I made the joke, live with your legs, get yeah. a partner, right? Yeah. It's an OH&S violation. Yeah. But like the, the, the problem is we hide so much of what we're intending to do in those pages yeah. and it creates that gray area. And you know, in a lot of ways you're right in a budget, that's not a bad thing. It'll allows you know corporations to kind of jump in there and you know uh, have free enterprise but you know it also creates this confusion as to we have a resource that we could absolutely be you know capitalizing on but because of one little thing in this document you know it has to be federally mandated so yeah i completely agree with that if i was an alberta uh you know uh legislator or uh you know member of parliament or uh, you know, any any uh, denomination of that, you know, I'd absolutely yeah. be going after hemp as uh, Alberta's future. I mean, well, and they say and so. Here's the funny thing with the way that they did the budget for the child care. They actually didn't direct. They just said that you have to get it down to ten dollars, but they didn't say how that money has to be spent. Yeah. So what you could do is actually create a socialized provincial hemp system that you use the profits of to fund the daycare systems. So you could actually do it even on a provincial level using the daycare budget. You would just have to be very, very creative about how you write it. That's pretty but you, brilliant. But you could is. do it, right? Yeah. And that's the funny thing yeah. is like there, there's a capability there with this budget to do something super creative. Yep. But again, it's up to the individual. And that's kind of that specificity versus freedom idea, right? Like yeah. I, I would love Couple. if we could force that down. But also the problem is, like I said, not a lot of people know why hemp is is criminally uh, regulated they don't know why it's not being grown more and i kind of mm. just explained it right yeah, and CBD, it's yeah. and it's not legitimate yeah. it's an illegitimate use of the criminal law powers it's far too overbroad and it doesn't actually uh tangentially connect mm. to any of their reasons for do you legalization. think that might have been baked in there on purpose it was 100 percent baked in so Ooh. one of the things you know notice when when Lobbyists. they first draw yeah so it was uh tylenol oh, oh, tylenol, bear oh, tylenol and aspirin. you fucks so one of the things i noticed was when the when they first dropped the cannabis act in 2017 so um yeah. uh the cbc ramped up tylenol commercials especially when it was coming to hockey games over year over year over uh <clears throat> any other year that i had seen because acetaminophen is so good for your ac- liver yeah you yeah. gotta love yeah acetaminophen and ibuprofen right like those two things are horrible for you and that's really the industry that cbd would be attacking directly right so that's that was one of the weirdest ones that i caught immediately when it when it was happening was the, the advertising budget for those companies ramped up like you wouldn't fucking believe and that was a tacit handout. And then the other side of it was that they, they were selling off a lot of the, the, the distribution rights to companies like Shoppers Drug Bomb. Yeah. And you need micro producers. Like I created a CBD based bomb using isolated CBD. But the problem was is 
when the cannabis like, so a so, bath bomb to yeah, clarify ba- ba- bath bombs yeah not an explosive bomb um lip, although talk lip, about the most bomb. calming effect explosive ever yeah. <laughs> everybody's chill oh, and no more inflammation yeah. um yeah it would, I would just drop it on like the arthritis ward dude uh, there you go <laughs> but you know it's just it, it's just silly you know like uh and like I said at the uh, at the uh, you know uh, beginning of this podcast, this this is a budget of a oligarchy, and it's definitely baked into there. I mean, yes, we're supporting the people uh, with a little bit of money, but we're really not establishing infrastructure for them to go back to work. Yeah, uh, that's you know? the biggest part. I mean, and, they're, they're, but the money is there. But for yeah, it to yeah, be, exactly. And, and you know, there's like I said, a lot of carrots, yeah. not a lot of sticks. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I think. The biggest concern I have with this mentality of budgeting, and it's on both sides, liberal and conservative, they always talk a big game about taxing the 1%, but no one's made an effort of doing it. No one. Yeah. I mean, if anyone was going to do it, in my opinion, it would have been the fucking liberals. No, the liberals then, have been. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, they're the most corrupt fucking political Li- party. Liberal but, and conservative but, are basically but two, on paper two here, social differences, just, just but economically they're almost the same. Just give me a sec. Uh, on paper here, you know, they did last September's speech from the throne promised to identify additional ways to tax the extreme wealth inequality. Well, and they're going to claim that they did that through luxuries, right? Oh, That's what yeah. they're going to claim. I, uh, I think it's bullshit. There's too. no wealth tax on the super rich in the budget. There's nope. no increase to the top income bracket uh, or capital gains tax. No surtax on billionaire uh, disproportionately profiting from the pandemic, despite the fact that uh, a year into the crisis, Canadian billionaire wealth went up by $78 billion. Dollars. Okay, so let me ask you this: that seventy-eight billion dollars right there would have paid for three quarters of that budget. Ding! Over three years, right? Yeah. We, we yeah. wouldn't even need that every year. We could actually just increase. We could do a pro uh, the profitability if we just tax the profitability at fifty percent. Yep. That means after three years, the budget is paid for uh, and with with twenty billion in. And that's not that's that's money they've created. That's in not the, money they've in this lost. Time. Yeah. That's you yeah. know that extra. So then, then we've actually right? talked so, about how we could we could one hundred percent pay for this and more. By simply putting one tax bracket on one small group, of huzzah! People. Yeah, and that's that's so. How, that's like, kinda... what's, the, what's the number then? What's how high do you need them to be taxed? Because what I read was like everything over what is it two fourteen two fifty a year? You're taxed thirty three percent. A flat tax of ten percent would achieve this goal, in my opinion. I I like a flat tax because it would too, simplify no matter, our tax no, program. We could go into the bank. Well, we've already and, talked about how progressive taxes are necessary, though, at this point in, yes. in, in time. So, like, a flat tax, if we were all starting from an equitable spot, for sure. But now we need a progressive system oh, to, for sure. I mean, to break like, us back down to where we were at the 50s and so, 60s. Yeah. So, I, I think where the do you first want thing that? you need to do would be deal with a massive deficit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the best way to do that would be to go after, uh, you know, corporate proper, ca- you know, corporate rates. Yeah, like right? in the 50s, when, when everybody was talking mega, corporate rates were in the mid-60s. True. Right now they're in the 20, low twenties. Yeah, twelve percent right? for Canada. Yeah, right. I, and so it's for small it's, business. Big business is twenty one percent. Yeah, uh, yeah. Cor- corporate rate is closer in the twenties. Yeah. yeah, it's it's still pathetic, right? It's about a third of what it was in the fifties, and people are wondering why we don't have as much money and why individuals are fucked more and we don't have as much freedom. Yeah, and that's why. The one other thing I want to put into this because of the housing and infrastructure and one thing that he didn't tackle in the budget, which I wanted to see more of, because they put like the empty housing tax or whatever. I want. The one thing, I'm not protectionist on almost anything. Mm-hmm. 
I do like the idea of socializing certain industries to prevent other countries from with lower standards from fucking us. So I like the idea of doing a hemp-based industry so that we don't have somebody, some country like China using our <laughs> oil to create biodegradable plastic that we have to buy back with a with a, mm. a manufacturing cost baked into it. So I just I don't want to see that. I want to see us be able to compete on that. But one protectionist zone to me is land and property. And I think you need to be a citizen to own land or property in Canada. And that yeah. needs to start now because, and, and not only that, I mean, citizen, not person, it was citizen, in, uh, because actually, I don't want corporations you know, actually, to be able to cool own property thing. anymore. Uh, chapter 10 of the budget. Um, Is it there's something where, yeah, legally hold on, hold on, hold on. corporations they, they are, are considered people. Yeah. yeah, that's uh corporations are considered persons on in law. Yeah. So, uh, you can, you can play around with that's why citizen is such an important distinction there because corporations uh, are not okay. citizens. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. So you can, I would distinguish uh-huh. it on a citizenship basis, not on a mm. personhood. Basis. This is the funny thing though. I mean, the liberal government came out with this and they always ham hand themselves with this shit. And this is what creates embezzlement. Ham hand. Oh yeah, man. This is, it's like a ham fisted. Oh, we're going to yeah. do this. Ah, uh, it's going to happen. Uh, but in chapter 10, uh, this is kind of their uh, accountability uh, where they're adding the luxury tax and yep. everything else. But they say that uh, under chapter 10, section four, reducing government travel uh, next year, they're going to reduce government travel to the tune of 222 million. And that's going to continue for the next five years. Now, is that going to happen with the liberal government? Like reducing how much they spend on their Travel? Reducing government travel. That's all it says. That's I so, don't know. Isn't Trudeau notorious? I already hate for how that? much they spend on it. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I hate how much money. Like, per, like parliamentarians, a lot of those people spend six months of the year not even in the country. I really, honestly, hate how how much money is spent within the administration of the current government system. But because it's all based off of the old aristocratic system. Yeah, and we mm. never turfed that and moved into modernity. It's kind of like how the rest of the world looks at the royal family and goes, "Really." Like this wrinkly old fuck. Like yeah. what? Who gives a fuck? They're not even the head of the law. Like they're, they're on your they're, money. Like what is yeah. this? Like purebred, inbred, crazy shit that they have here. Like clearly racist. Like just That's insanely why I don't horrible buy Canadian system. Bullion. I just don't want to see the queen on any of the who, shit that um, I'm stacking. Who might agree with me on saying that this queen could very well be the last? Um, you know, I mean, I'd be shocked. It really depends if uh, Charles is going to abdicate. Uh, he'd be dumb not to. It'll ruin the uh, the royal family if he. I doesn't. mean, like at this point but in time, even then not... you're still left with King. What? What's his name? I don't know. Charles. I don't know. I don't like. Is it? Any they, of them. They're not really a necessity. I, all I'm saying is like basically William, the, William and Kate. The parliamentary the plus par- eight. The parliamentary system <laughs> in Canada was built as a reflection of England, right? Like we didn't get our independence until 1860s, and we really didn't get our 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 legal independence until the 1980s. When we dropped our constitution, oh, that like, late too. Our our constitution was born in 1982, came into force in 1984. We our our highest wow. court prior to the fifth 50s or 60s was in the Privy Council in England. We we did not. We are not a very old country. We are legally speaking roughly 40 years old in, That's right. in terms of owning our own constitution and our rights. That's our charter rights. Right? Just to go back a bit, you talked about you know the people that should be able to own property in Canada yeah. should be Canadians. Uh, they actually did, and add, not corporations. That's yeah, yeah, point. and you know it's also Chinese buying shit and yeah. you know, raising stuff, not staying. But in also, them. they're Chinese corporations which are owned by the government. Which again, that's why I think yeah. the corporation distinction would actually. But block there most actually of that. is an interesting tax they're trying to implement here, uh, Chapter Ten, Section 
one. Uh, they call it the tax on unproductive use yeah. of Canadian housing by foreign non-resident owners. Yeah, the empty housing. Um, and uh, in 2022, uh, they're going to implement this by the looks of things. And it's they're saying that they're going to make about $200 million from this. Yeah, Vancouver's um, been doing that for four years now. Well, yeah, you know, and I think that's awesome because... Five, in a lot of ways, years. the inflation of housing cost is really tied into the scarcity of yeah. housing, and a lot of these houses aren't owned by Canadians. Well, right? the, so it's kind of like the raising bell curve in education. Well, and I know this is this is subsidizes all, things different, but it affects all of us. Hundred percent. Right? Well, th- and this isn't even a Canadian thing, too, right? Like one of the reasons why I brought up corporations is because uh, I was watching a um, uh, an interview with this uh, this Irish. Uh, I'm not sure what he is. He wears a weird <laughs> mask. I, I don't. I, Something boy, he's Irish. anyways, paint boy or something. <laughs> anyways, he was Irish and he was just basically talking about uh, he was talking about the the failings of a lot of the social policy to protect housing in Ireland. And basically, what he was saying was our hi- our housing is skyrocketing in price, but we don't know anybody who's buying or selling houses right now. And he's like, what we're finding is that it's corporations from the United States, it's private equity firms that are buying land right now because land resources have the highest return on investment, and so yeah. they're buying land resources in foreign countries that have stable economic systems. Yep. And basically jacking up the prices to create uh, a new level of servitude so that people can't own property. Mm-hmm. So this is why safeguarding property is is one of the few areas where I would do that for the people on behalf of freedom for for us because I do I we were we were discussing off air kind of Marxian versus Ayn Randian uh, ideology and stuff. And one thing that that Marx brings up as <laughs> yeah, that a, as conversation a got got kind of fun. Though. It did. Yeah. It, it went it went all over the place. I got a little carried away at a time, but uh, I think we both did. But it happened. But. Uh, but one of the things that Marx believes in that I think is so centrally fucking stupid is the the ideal that there's going to be no uh, private ownership of land or property. Yeah. And I think private ownership is fine. Corporate ownership is a fucking huge problem because corporations are not people. They don't die. They don't they don't have the desire to move for for just random reasons because they're restless. Like we need we need people owning that shit to stimulate that actual economic there. Like it should not be an investment set up. Set well, up then they shouldn't opinion. give so many tax breaks to corporations. It's, it's oh, a I total know. workaround. I know. I mean, it, like, it, for me, I'm incorporated because of that. Yep. You know, I'm, this is getting, part of this is getting written off, right? Yep. Like, it, but you know, I'm going to use the systems that are in place to, yeah, to better course. myself. I mean, that's, that's what a selfish randist would do or well, an objectivist. But another thing I just wanted to bring up, about the budget that made me very sad. Okay. Is the additional taxation of tobacco and vaping products. Yeah. Oh yeah, here's another thing that I hate seeing. Hooray Adam <laughs> is vape flavors again, touching on that, getting phased out. The labels on the fucking cigar bands. They're get they're they, you can't find a fancy one in in the next few years. It's all going to be plain packaging. Yeah, and a lot but, of a lot of cigar companies aren't even coming up to Canada now because this plain. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Like well, I like vaping cigars. stuff got out of hand with kids. That was really yeah, what it but was. But now we have like weed gummies and shit. Like yeah, that's why they always, those also have to have plain packaging. Like and they have to have a well, shit ton of warnings. Kids were okay. eating Tide Pods. Kids are stupid. Uh, They're stupid as fuck. They were challenging each other to do it. Oh yeah, do you God. think it was because of the packaging? Well, no. Well, actually, that's what some of the kids were saying. Was that, really? Well, initially, yeah, that was the problem. Because, well, young kids, yeah. Tide, oh, like, tide pods looked like candy. 100% To, like, babies. Oh, well, yeah, like to babies. And shit. But then yeah. it was like, but also, you got to remember, like, I'm going to use his name, even though this kid, this poor kid was abused by the system, but Brandon Dassey is, like, just a name that people can associate with. That is a person who is an adult by age alone. Like that, he's, he's 22 and has the intelligence of a puddle. 
Like he's he's <laughs> the problem is, is he can't he genuinely can barely function, right? Like Jordan Peterson has uh, does says a lot of stupid things, but one point that he's brought up that I absolutely love is the is the fact that the U.S. military has investigated the the correlation between IQ and productivity, and there is no group that that has a greater interest in getting as many people to join up as possible, and they have found that anybody with an IQ below eighty three is fundamentally not going to not only help, they're going to hurt anything that they touch. And that is 10% of the population. 10% of the population is fundamentally going to reduce productivity in anything that they touch. Well, that, and that was studied by the most highly funded. I talk about a budget. There's a budget that you can get behind that budget for that military that fucking studied it has is, is the largest in the world. By 17 fold. So it's like, it's not even remotely close. And that's what they came up with. So 10% of the population basically going to drag us down no matter what we do. Not a Jordan Peterson fan, eh? Well, no. You know, uh, there's. Uh, he makes good points. He's also managed to put himself into a coma from for, eating for, only for steaks. Me, He's though, super gullible like, with certain points, too. You know, back in time, before there was all these safeguards and warnings on hot cups of coffee. Yeah. What happened to these people, man? Well, so the like, so the McDonald's cup. You, you so I can give you the the entire legal case on the McDonald's cup okay, if you I want, want to hear in, this. in a breakdown. Because everybody goes, this. "Oh, it's a half a million dollars." You got a half a million dollars. No, McDonald's in the United States had such a shitty supply chain of coffee, and they were uh, so the legal requirement was that they could only heat it up to 140 degrees. I think that's what it was. I have no uh, idea. Uh, uh, within, with, like, so basically, that anything higher, hotter than that was going to burn it. And McDonald's was instructing their people because what they found was if it's only at 140 degrees, that that after 15 minutes it starts to taste burnt. But if it was over 200 degrees, you couldn't taste whether or not it was burnt because you couldn't taste. So McDonald's was putting their coffee out at 200 degrees, nice. which was reckless. And that's what the that's why the court found that it was reckless. And basically, the warning label was to make it so that they could establish that there was the, that they that those lawsuits weren't going to go forward anymore. That's 200 because degrees this, Fahrenheit, by the way. Yeah, so yeah, this not, poor yeah, woman, though, Yeah, so this poor woman has 200-degree McDonald's coffee, and she puts it between her legs while she shifts. She squeezes her thighs, and she gets first-degree burns all over her crotch. Okay, All that's... over her thighs and crotch. She sued for 500 grand uh, and won, and then it, on on appeal, it got dropped down to 120 Gs. So it, that's not even that much. It didn't even pay for the skin grafting. You know what? So, <laughs> she's got legs. So, that lo- so the reason no, those labels are there, so again, we have labels, we have... We have planters peanuts say may contain peanuts on it. <laughs> That's for the ten percent. That Put is a hundred percent the cup holder. Thank right? you. Yeah, hey, but the, remember, cup holders were an SUV invention more than anything in the late nineties. Remember, Japanese cars, not a lot of cup holders. That was a huge thing. My early Civics never had any. Right, so that's you got to remember, yeah. '80s and early '90s cars didn't have them, and that's when the lawsuit was. Was the first uh, was early '90s. Yeah. So oh, is that what? Ha- oh, okay. yeah. Different context. So okay. Yeah. okay. So <laughs> I, I'm still on the side of this poor fucking lady because wow, that would suck so bad. It would. But, but it's it's kind of funny though that. But yeah, know. I mean, th- those a lot of those labeling laws are to cater to the ten percent, right? A lot. Another a lot cool of our thing, laws are to cater to the ten percent. Another cool thing in the budget, I just wanted to kind of throw out there, is they're rec- recognizing the uh, contributions of atomic workers. These are pretty much the guys that were like sent out to clean up radioactive waste. Yeah, the government's kind of like forgot about them, and they're like, ah, 
guess we should do something about this now that we're <laughs> recklessly overspending. Uh, but uh, yeah, they, they they set aside you know twenty two million there, and I think that's pretty cool. So well, that's good. Go. Yeah. Recklessly but, overspending. Uh, you talk out of both sides of your mouth. You were just like, oh man, if all we did was tax that seventy eight billion in profits. Uh, we would actually cover this budget and then some in no time. Well, I, so it's I, like, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't spend the budget this way, That's you know, fine. and I would have taxed the ultra wealthy hundred percent. And, and if know, we did it, then in three years, it would have paid military it off. and, you know, proper, um, anyway, I would have uh, established a digital mi- military. I think oh, yeah, space sure. force really sure. going for. Yeah, Do the that. space force. Yeah. I don't think we need to be going to space. We got enough problems. That's where the here. next major and war is going to be like, fought. This no. is where I'm like, Elon yes. Musk needs to really like stop. Like he's he's sending all these rockets out to space. Great, America's first rockets. And they're they're reusable, and we got to start exploring. Blah blah blah. But here's the thing: like we have enough problems on this planet that the money that he's invested into this like space mission he wants to so desperately do could have really done some really good for a lot of communities, a lot of different societies. Someone's and, got to do it. Well, yeah, and it shouldn't be through taxes. It should be through these big businesses. The U.S. But, military budget could solve world hunger three times over. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but if the U.S. stops being the U.S., then... But that's what I mean. I'm just saying, like, if you could... If you if we redirected money, like like we yeah. talked about last last week... There are more than enough school shootings. There are more than enough rapes. There's more than enough money. There's more than enough food. We simply just don't allocate them to the areas where they'll be most effective. Right? What do you think of this new... Now, I'm going to ask you. This doesn't really tie into taxes, but maybe a conversation for next week. Sure. Uh, but there's uh, there's a whole bunch of rhetoric on the right, especially down in the States now, that a lot of these Democratic uh, cities uh, that are implementing more um, hands-off approach to law... Uh, defunding police and all this other stuff, uh, they're seeing an increase in violent crimes. Like yeah. uh, in, um, I think it's Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. yeah, and uh, the amount of rape has gone up 400% in New York as well. And the right's really attacking the left, saying, oh, it's because of all these um, you know, uh, programs they're establishing to be less harsh on offenders i think i I think think we both actually got hit with a similar algorithm uh because we both we both saw similar videos on this yeah yeah um so so yeah actually i've I've thought about this so the funny thing is is i actually watched the people in congress talking about this yeah and the the response from the left was pretty simple so it was the it was actually the i don't know if it was the mayor of chicago but she what she was saying was um because they were they were talking about gun related crime has gone up Mm -hmm. um in chicago and what she went with, yeah, it's because neighboring states are contributing disproportionately. She's like, the crime can be traced now. 70% of those weapons were bought in states with shitty laws and then brought over our borders. So it's actually the failing is on, on the state-based system uh, because they don't federally implement those rules across the board. It means that actually it is effective because those people are legitimately leaving the state to go and buy those weapons elsewhere because those rules are being effective. They're effective domestically. The mm-hmm. rape going up is an interesting one because roughly 1% to 4% of all, all sexual assault is actually reported. So when you socialize those systems and you make it easier to report, you're always going to have a higher statistical rating going up, True. right? Because you're going to have more access to reporting. So that, that's actually just... That's easily explained with just the fact that you can report. Well, you know, I, the reason I, I didn't see it, I guess, the same videos that you did. No. I, I saw the new Tucker Carlson original that he's doing yeah. with the Fox Nation. 
And uh, it wasn't, I think, one of his first episodes. It might be his first episode he's doing about this increase in crime. And he had the uh, alderman from, the Democratic alderman, mind you, from Chicago, basically speaking out about how all these uh, defunding and anti-police laws are creating this spike in um, crime. And, you know, I don't see it as very well-backed evidence you know, I, I like like you said, a lot of these weapons are coming from other states. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just to me. But the weapons are coming from other states because in those states that the rules are in place, the, the rules are having the effect of making it so people don't want to buy them there. They go and buy them elsewhere. Well, that's exactly we, it. And you can trace back, I think, 80 so percent of the weapons the, the cartel elsewhere. uses in Mexico to the states, too. I mean, yeah. it's it, the, this that's a huge issue. Well, the biggest issue is, again, it goes actually to their military budget, because the, like we know, the CIA sells a lot of those weapons domestically illegally. Right. So we're, we're like the the, 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 the the end of the day. Careful, we want viewers here. Our last CIA episode <laughs> was our least. Yeah, fair month. enough. But either way, we know that there there there's there's a lot of sticky shit when it comes to how the drug system and the gun system operates in the United States mm-hmm. in interactions with their, their, uh, government op- uh, their government Absolutely. operatives. Right. And so I guess to tie this back to the taxes here and this, um, this budget, you know, I, I think we did establish quite a bit of middle ground here. Yep. Um, you know, I think, uh, I was a little too ruthless when it came to where cuts could come from and where money should go. Uh, but, you know, I think a lot of that ties into, you know, my family heritage, right? Like yep. we, where your parents were, you know, more or less oppressed by military. I mean, I can go back on my father's side alone. Uh, he served in the Canadian military. His father served in the German Wehrmacht. His father served, uh, you know, against the French in the First World War. Yep. His father likely served against the French in the Franco-Prussian War. So, like, there's a quite established you know, this is how society should operate. And yeah, I think I apologize for a lot of the viewpoints I brought up too. I think that, you know, in a lot of ways, uh, we, we should support these indigenous communities more. I think personally, it should be more of an integration into our system, but that's where reconciliation kind of comes in and bites you in the ass too, right? Like it shouldn't be in a forceful way, but my, my heart goes out to him because I honestly, all I want to see is them want to contribute and be, you know, uh, productive members of society. But you know, it's kind of funny is if we did the agricultural thing, because their culture was actually like Canadian culture, if you were to call it Canadian from an indigenous perspective was a lot of it was liberty agriculture and community yeah. right? looking after each other and that idea of care the the even even extending it into daycare we we kind of touched on it in an earlier episode where like within my family at least with, on, on with the indigenous members they call people who have a parental role auntie Right. So there's this this almost like the extension of family outside of the well, nuclear my family aspect. did that, too. I mean, we totally. had uh, we had like uh, the, my parents had a friend uh, growing up. We called him Uncle Frank. Yeah. You yeah. know, so not, we not do that. Do us at I all. mean, more yeah. in terms of like a larger community, though, for right? sure. Like you, for sure. You, they, they integrated a on, a, in on there, a very yeah. deeper thing. And yeah. actually what we're starting to notice is what we need is we need better intelligence and training when it comes to agriculture. We need better communal support systems on a small level, on a case-by-case. We actually need a lot of that original culture to come back in. So there's a mutual benefit that can become here because let's say we invest in those and we actually put the infrastructure up, roads and all that, but then further than that, we also create, we, we give them, let's say, we, we stay with the hemp idea and we give them full legal right to grow the hemp and then sell it back 
to the Canadian manufacturers. Yeah. Right? And we can get we, then it's mutual. Now they're part of the industry and they're actually selling it off at a profit. They're doing you're they're using their cultural expertise to to grow uh, and and harvest the land and they could then, you know, train and teach people part of that and there can be a reconciliation side to it. So, yeah. like I said, I think there's a lot of better ways of doing things. But in the guise of freedom, I think that also being less direct with how you want the money spent is kind of I, I think the problem is, is they're trying to serve too many people with this budget. Yes. And that I think that if they were to be specific and want that outcome, but then kind of go, OK, provinces, these are the outcomes you need to achieve. If you don't do it, funding is uh, not funding is pulled, but uh, a federal uh, a federal body is now going to be observing and playing opposition to your decision making with that budget. Something like that, right? So right now, we've only got blue teams. We're going to give all of the province to your blue team, your head, pro- the head of your province, right? But if it finds that you guys aren't doing uh, sufficient enough a job to, to get to the outcome because you don't have... Uh, uh, you're not listening to your opposition or whatever may be the case, because like in Alberta, that's a huge thing. They just talk past each other. Yeah. Right? Like Notley and Kenny just talk past each other. And so if they're not getting to a middle ground, then the federal government sends in a red team and goes, no, now the, it's it, we have 50% share on the, the budget that we've given you, the money that we've given you, yeah. and we have to come to a neutral agreement, mm-hmm. right? So there's ways of doing it, okay. and I would actually like that, where, yeah, you, that where, where you go, okay, here's the deal. You have three years on this budget to achieve these outcomes. If you don't hit these outcomes, red team flies in, and now your political party is going to get back, backhanded by the feds, and we're actually going to be stepping in and going, this is still us to putting out this money, huh. so we're going to create an opposition party you have to listen to. I just think anytime government gets overly involved especially when it comes to uh, f- spending, uh, that's where you create this whole civil war mentality shit. You know, and that's that's the danger I see in that. That's why you got to serve the people first that's and not exactly the corporations it. after. Right? Uh, but, you know, you can never serve every group of people. No. And that's that's the other issue too, right? And that's, that's that That's kind of why class. Like, I, 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 I lean more to the right than, you know, the left. It's because the individual is always going to know what the individual wants. But that's why that daycare one is one we also agreed on, too. Absolutely. Because that's like 52 to 54% of the because, population. It doesn't matter what political divide. Yeah. Uh, more than half the population benefits from it. So if you want to avoid a civil war, more than half the population benefits directly off of it. That's Absolutely. a great idea. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, it was kind of unfortunate because when I went to daycare, both my parents worked, you know, really, uh, you know, high earning jobs, yep. uh, but they didn't get any tax break whatsoever on daycare or play school or any of that, yeah. you know, and it, it really, it really pushed my parents to have to work harder. And then they're not then around see as them much less. with you. And then that's, we exactly get, it. that's why we can reference television shows like you wouldn't believe. Oh, hundred percent. Eighties movies, nineties movies. See, my parents shows. had the opposite reaction. My mom yeah. just started her own daycare. Okay. Yeah. So basically, like, uh, I had to learn to share because other kids were now living in my house and playing with my shit. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm, I wasn't a big fan of. But were you yeah. an only child out of curiosity? No, or? I got a I got a younger sister. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, I just uh, just when you said that, it just I was no. like, oh man, I, yeah, I always would did have to sense. share, but never mind. Not not a lot of stuff. Sister had a little bit yeah, more opposite different sex, interests. You know that 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 there's not a lot of 
you yeah, know, I'm going to no take your Barbies. Not a lot of overlap. You know, I had a younger brother, and it's like, that to me. It's like, I'm going to take your toy gun, and then they break it. You're like, fuck! Yeah. And, then, and then there's a lightsaber fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, and they hit you in the hands every time. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's the worst. Like, lightsaber fights, hand injuries, that yeah. was like... I've you, seen you, it. Yeah, we've seen I've it. <laughs> we've first, been there. And, and the thing is, like, when lightsabers first came out, they were like the, the, the ASP wand. little plastic batons, and they were held together by friction, right? Yeah. And they were really thin plastic, so like it wasn't you couldn't really hurt yourself with them but as time advanced that plastic got thicker and then they were like no we're not gonna have a retractable baton we're gonna do it like the one i have over my fireplace where it's like a solid piece of fucking plastic you get hit with that thing man like that's my home defense like if i'm not kidding like i've got i got other shit i could use that would put me in jail likely you know if someone's breaking into my house i'm turning that lightsaber on i'm going (laughs) to have one of them because like what are the cops gonna do i don't go for my knives i don't go for big weapons but i actually have my dart set near my bed 100 percent because nothing nothing is gonna hurt more than from a distance getting stabbed four inches into your body <laughs> 16 times oh, dude and here's the thing. Boom, 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 boom. i just stabbed you 16 times motherfucker i don't give a shit pop goes the weasel oh. and here's the thing like if if, a, if like a court tried to say oh you use that as a weapon i'd just say well then why didn't i use like literally anything in that cabinet over there yeah right they'd be like Honestly, i chose the they, least lethal option here if, you, yeah. you know? if, if your name is connected to a legal case now calling lightsabers a legal weapon oh i honestly i would take the fine talk about the legacy yes you successfully (laughs) defended yourself because in this scenario you so successfully defended yourself against him that the criminal sued you for excessive violence that's the thing right with With a lightsaber yeah i'm guessing it's because it's easier to get away with rape than murder oh Oh, why did you go there oh why why did you go there? <laughs> Probably because I have to piss so bad, so I need to wrap this up. 100%. Okay. All right, guys. Happy Thank Friday. Thank you so much. Happy, Happy Friday. Friday. There's your budget. <laughs>